What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 18 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on our platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read in the show, send an email to readypressplay at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Luis Menchaca. Man, Dan, Summer of Gaming is in full effect, and if every week is like this, we're going to be in for a banger E3 season. I know that this is going to be a, this look like like it's going to be a good summer. And Lewis, uh, today we're also joined by uh, our very first third share guest guest today. Uh, the first time that we're having a a, a third person in the show, uh, and it's my very good friend uh, from Twitch.tv slash Royshadow connecting with us straight from the land of the rising sun, Japan itself. It's Mr. Sean Welch. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by. So, uh, how, how are you doing, Sean? How, how are things going in Japan? Uh, well, I mean, pretty good. I mean, there is, of course, quarantine stuff in effect, but that's starting to be reversed. Um, and, you know, I'm all settled in over here and woke up to quite a lot of wonderful news today in terms of gaming. So that made me very happy. Yeah, I know. There's uh, there's plenty of good stuff uh, for us to talk about today. But, you know, since I know we've t- talked a little bit about this offline, but, but since we're in the show now, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what it was like for you to decide to move to Japan? And I know, I think I think it just happened recently, right? Like a few months ago. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, so this comes back to, I'd say, April of last year. Um, the company that I had been working for, which was a tech company down in Miami, uh, had been bought out by a larger company. And uh, while at first nothing had changed, a few months down the line, uh, the larger company began to start making some changes. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, my department was one of the departments caught in the crosshairs. So mm-hmm. I found myself without a job. And uh, for years now, uh, I think it was probably back in 2015 when I actually discovered the main companies that do English teaching over in Japan. And since then, I'd been very, very interested in uh, pursuing that. However, the timing never really worked out. I'd been, you know, in multiple programming jobs for all of that length of time um, or just working on other things. However, once I found myself without a job last year, I figured now's the perfect time to apply. And Mm -hmm. uh, after, I'd say maybe about a month and a half, I mean, they they really fast-tracked the process. Um, I got my confirmation email uh, that I was locked in to come over March of this year. So it's been... You know, uh, almost two months now that I've been here, and uh, it's it's been a crazy ride. And have you experienced? It might it might be too early for this, especially in this such unique situation with the uh, coronavirus quarantine and everything. But what, have you experienced any significant culture shock going there? And and especially since I don't know if I don't think you've ever lived uh, outside of the United States, so this is probably something new to you. Um, it, was there anything that you know in your first few months it was like you didn't expect, or or that you're still learning how to deal with? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very funny that you, that you mentioned that. Um, and I mean, some things, of course, are to be expected, such as language barriers. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've been studying Japanese for well over four years, and I can still say that my Japanese is at an elementary school level. Um, mm-hmm. But even other things, such as um, appliance sales or um, how to pay bills here in Japan, are just so vastly different from how they are in the States that it definitely threw me for a loop. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the other funny things that's been happening to me over here is that anytime I see a foreigner, I do a double take, which is hilarious because that's how a lot of Japanese people act when they see me. <laughs> and I just thought that was a really interesting thing to happen since I've been over here. Yeah. Any, the, um, any funny or interesting like public transportation stories you got? I know they got like an app or something like that. Funnily enough, haven't run into anything yet other than seeing, you know, the, the occasional drunk salaryman uh, riding the night train at home. Um, <laughs> but nothing nothing ridiculously crazy yet. <laughs> I'll keep you guys posted on that. And, and why has it been like the language thing I totally empathize with, by the way, because you can study a language for many years. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people in here have like studied Spanish in school and things like that. But then having an actual full on conversation with somebody in that language or being in a country where that's the language that everybody speaks is very different and challenging. And mm-hmm. even when I started at Full Sail, where we met, like when I first started, like my first month, like I, I barely talked just because I was like so nervous to say anything and I, everything. I, I had to like think a lot to like formulate a sentence, even though I had been studying English from my home country for like many years. Um, and I had already even like traveled here a few times and things like that. So but but I will tell you that, you know, after I was there and living there and making friends and interacting with people that spoke English as their first language. It only took me a few months to uh, start getting a lot more comfortable when, um, you know, by, by the time we met, which was towards the end of the degree, like, I, I still had um, probably a pretty strong accent, like, which I don't have as much anymore now uh, that I've been here for so many years. But um, I, 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 I was already a lot more comfortable. I could basically talk about anything. So I feel like you're going to go through a similar process, like probably by the end of the year, um, they're going to be very, pretty comfortable uh, speaking Japanese, I would, I would guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hoping on that, um, and that's that. That is something I was also looking forward to because I know that just like you said, when when you're fully immersed in that mm-hmm. other language, where like most people don't natively speak your language or to the same level that you do, you're kind of forced to adapt and improve. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. The main thing you got to watch out for is to not just like sometimes people like travel somewhere but then find themselves in a pocket of their own culture which is which is good it's comfortable it's nice when you find that uh but then it i think that the best thing about being somewhere else is really trying to immerse yourself in that culture so there's a lot of people i say that because a lot of people come to the u.s especially in florida and they'll they'll find like a brazilian pocket or a latino pocket or whatever like a group of friends that are from the same place that they are or restaurants that are from uh owned by the people from the same place that they are and that's all they interact with and that kind of like that's great to have as an option as a com- like a comfort thing to do but then if that's all you do it kind of holds your um uh, i feel like it holds you back a little bit from just kind of adapting to the to the new culture um but that's you yeah. know, just me oh, trying no, to give yeah. you some advice <laughs> as uh, somebody that went through a similar thing coming here uh all right so let's uh, stop there for a second and go back here to do our quick uh, housekeeping as we as we start the show um, so, Louis, I'd like to uh, congratulate you on your uh, debut as a writer for uh, Level1Gaming.com. So, what, what, what was... <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I've read your articles. They're pretty good. Um, what, what has that been like for you so far? Oh, man, thanks, man. It's just... It, it's actually quite a process. I didn't realize that there was so much uh, tagging and, like, search mm-hmm. engine optimizations and stuff that you have to worry about in the background or back burner, like, having your featured image be, like, 1080p or at minimum 720p and, like... Um, and I had to install like a, a widget on my Google Chrome browser that will like help me with my grammar and like editing mm-hmm. my own stuff. Is, is it Grammarly? Grammarly, that's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty useful. <laughs> yeah, so I was just, it was, um, 
Like I, f- I feel like my latest article was the one I covered about the Mario uh, 64 PC port, which we covered in, pr- in, in past mm-hmm. episodes. Like I, I, that one's I took the most time writing because like I had to do so much research, especially like looking at b- what happened back then. Uh, when we talked about the story, the word I was looking for, looking for was called decompiled. I couldn't think of it because basically mm-hmm. it got access to the source code, and it was just helping me. Uh, I feel like as like as I was telling the story, I felt like I was able to really get into the minutiae as to why it's so important and giving context. Um, I think that like doing this podcast helped me uh, write this article is because I basically uh, took some of our own analysis when we talked about it and like kind of infused it into like the writing, the writing I did for like the Nintendo financial report and everything. So, um, and how much I know about the fighting game community when I wrote the evil article, it's just, I was really, really good at like telling a story I felt like. Yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely see that. And uh, since you mentioned like the fighting game community and everything, you, I, I believe you have an update on your uh, Smash tournament that you do every year. Would you like to talk about that <laughs> yes. on, the, on the show as well? Yes, I would like to be a public update here. Um, Smasher Pass is my my uh, Smash Brothers uh, fighting game tournament series that I run. It's once a year. It's annual. It's every summer. Um, I've been doing it since 2015, and I've only won one title. Um, but anyways, um, not <laughs> that notwithstanding, I um, I, I was I basically. I, I basically plagiarized e- e- uh, uh, Evo's uh, um, to, like pu- like public statement as a joke, to, and I sent it as a mass text message to my my tens of friends that I were see. invited. So that's what that I didn't even get that joke. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay. I guess Lewis just, is very serious about this. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I just basically rewarded and just kind of like tweaked a li- very little of it, and I just basically used the skeleton and structure of like I'm I like the, the I care about like the health and safety of my friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was just basically me kind of just kind of like being like a bigger than what I am kind of thing, feeling like I'm putting out an official like press release <laughs> to my friends. And, and uh, this is just the thing that you do with your friends every year. Yes, right? it's yes, not like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a, it's not like a like a regional tournament where like I have hundreds of people coming to my house. Now it's just a, it's just like a little like the most I've ever had an entrance as far as like like number of players was sixteen. So um, that's but a basically, lot, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So the uh, the tournament is no longer going to be hosted as an event. It's not going to have friends over at my house, and we're not going to be doing this uh, like locally. There's going to be lag, unfortunately. I don't really like that there's it's going to be played over online it's the only way i can run a tournament uh i can't uh, i can't have people over and i can't go to people's houses so this is the next best thing smash or pass cannot die so there we go mm-hmm. which uh which when talking about you know smash brothers and fighting games and a tournament that reminds me of evo which we were covering last week um and the fact that they've they've canceled the event and that evo 2020 is now going to be an online event we're kind of discussing everything that that uh, that may come with that and other potential problems. Uh, so I'm just going to throw in here this article from Level 1 Gaming, the website that, that you're uh, working with right now, uh, as I believe they have some updates about or some updated information about how that stuff will be going. Uh, this was written by Alana T at Level 1 Gaming. The world's largest fighting game tournament, Evo, has moved online with Evo 2020, but Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was omitted this year. Evo 2020 was originally set to be in Las Vegas this July, but because of the coronavirus, it was canceled. In the announcement early on, eight games were included. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Tekken 7, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Soul Calibur 6, Street Fighter 5, Samurai Showdown, Undernight and Birth EXE Late, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. The online lineup includes seven games instead of eight. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was officially omitted, but officials have not commented on the dro- dropped game. The Switch's dodgy online play may be the biggest factor in this decision. Evo Online includes four open tournaments for online play. Games included are Mortal Kombat 11, Aftermath, Killer Instinct, Nems Fighting Herds, and Schoolgirls 2 and Encore. Evo Online dates are July 4th through August 2nd. Oh so uh, why do you think they uh, just removed uh, Smash Ultimate from the online tournament now? 
So they basically turned Evo into the Super Bowl of fighting games and turned it into a World Series now because it's now five weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the the two of those four uh, online uh, tournaments, I know for a fact that the fighting game community have uh, largely uh, accepted the the online uh, components. So Mortal Kombat 11, I said last week that it has very good netcode. Killer Instinct as well also has good netcode, and it's very... Oh, it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, so one of the things that I, that I kind of discounted that is because Killer Instinct hasn't been on Evo in a long time, and I didn't think it was going to be like um, a featured game anytime soon, and I just I kind of ignored that one. But basically, the fact that they're bringing them back is very good as far as uh, they're open tournaments, so I'm assuming that the other two are also good netcode, uh, which means that they can handle like the, uh, the thousands of people that may enter or hundreds i don't know how big it's going to be but um the uh the thing is the other featured games i believe and this is not this is me speculating because they the the trailer hasn't been very clear but they kind of seem like they're all exhibitions slashes invitationals so they're not like open to the public which is why there's only four that are featured as open to the uh, open to everyone um i'm very uh, sad that smash is not one of the eight games and uh it's it's not surprising in hindsight but uh going into this announcement like smash was the the highest uh um uh, entered tournament last year um and not to mention it had uh 200 a quarter of a million viewers during top eight so i know they had the viewership they had the entrance i'm pretty sure they had like the the advertising everything behind it so why it just kind of like bums me that maybe it's either Nintendo shut that shit down or Evo didn't want to deal with the hassles of disconnects. Um, I don't know I, what I, else to say other than I'm sad. I, I can uh, like p- piggybacking off of that. I um, yeah, I also think it, it kind of sucks, but uh, I do think probably one of the biggest things, unless it is Nintendo, like you said, would probably be the net code. Um, just because I mean, I've, I've been seeing for weeks people just outraged on Twitter uh, saying, you know, you got to fix the netcode, do something about the netcode, this is ridiculous, too many DCs and stuff like that. And uh, it, it definitely could be the case that Evo just doesn't want to deal with the hassle of all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, as you mentioned earlier, too, the uh, the four open tournament games, um, MK11, like you said, great netcode, KI, the best netcode I've seen in a fighting game. Honestly, it's amazing. Um, and I've actually played Skullgirls, uh, which also is great rollback netcode. I have not played them them's fighting herds, but uh, I do believe that it was made by the same developers um, and also using GGPO netcode. So at least the four of those will be very stable, will be good, hopefully entertainment to watch. I know I'll be enjoying them. Um, but yeah, it is very unfortunate that Smash didn't make it in. Yeah, let's hope that they can still pull up, uh, like put up an enjoyable event with uh, whatever they have uh left and the things that they're doing at this point i'm still kind of skeptical about how this is going to turn out with uh you know people playing from all over the world and whatnot uh, but but we'll see i i i would, I would assume that some of it's going to be very good for some of these games but maybe some of these games are just going to fall apart i yeah. just wanted to add that last weekend uh hungry box and team liquid and and uh levon uh, Bell, Le'Veon Bell, of all people, the football player, NFL football player, they hosted a uh, a Smash Brothers tournament online, and it had over eight thousand entrants, which was the largest oh, wow. Smash yeah. tournament of any kind of any size. Um, so, and then there were, I don't know if there were disconnects. I know if there's like there's like a controversy happening with like Sonic. Uh, people are hating Sonic because the character because he's too OP online, uh, just because of how campy he plays and timeouts and stuff. But mm. beyond that, like uh, just. 
the popularity for Smash is really there, and it just kind of seems like a, a, it's it's a little puzzling to me for that they would do this. Which is again, I'm saying this again, just it's not surprising, but it's also surprising. So yeah. All right, let's move on here. Uh, I just wanted, I just realized that we haven't finished going through the initial housekeeping yet, but I just wanted to give everybody an update on my uh, streaming schedule. Uh, so I've streamed three times now. I started recently. I did two Fridays in a row, and then I did last Tuesday. And then I just wanted to say that moving forward, my goal is to stream every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I just finished playing Portal, uh, which I already played before. It was just a quick uh, replay through the game. Uh, and we also want to correct a mistake that we uh, that we did uh, when we last recorded the show last time. We're talking about the Microsoft uh, gameplay presentation for the Xbox Series X and how they were using um, the smart delivery uh, logo while they were showing a variety of uh, different games and explaining that that meant that games would be available uh, for both uh, Xbox One X and Series X and that you only had to buy it once to get the game on both platforms. It's kind of Microsoft's new... Uh, um, I'll call it like a feature, a service of uh, of next gen, and, and we mentioned while talking about that that Madden NFL 21 would be one of the titles that uh, would support that feature. Uh, however, that there was a little bit of a confusion there, and uh, EA has went out to clarify that that statement uh, by saying on a press release that EA Sports and Microsoft announced a program for players who purchase Madden NFL 21 on Xbox One to upgrade to Xbox Series X at no additional cost, ensuring that players will not have to purchase Madden NFL 21 twice. To receive the offer, players must purchase Madden NFL NFL 21 on Xbox One by December 31st, 2020, and upgrade to Xbox Series X by March 31st, uh, 2021. So it's uh, it's basically uh, the same thing, but uh, under EA's own um, kind of upgrade program as opposed to uh, Xbox Smart Delivery. Uh, but that's it for that. So uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. So Sean, since you're uh, the new one here, why don't you start us off by, uh, by telling us about just whichever games you've been playing recently? Absolutely. Um, so, shoot, I can take it off of, I'd call it the big three for me from the start of this year. Uh, the first one was uh, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Oh, really? Um, yes. Um, and uh, this is a game I've been looking forward to for quite a long time. Um, not because I'm a fan of the original Grand Blue Fantasy on mobile, uh, but instead it's uh, just because of the fact that the developer of this game is Arc System Works, who have made most of my favorite fighting games, the, the Blaze Blue series, Guilty Gear, they made the Persona 4 Arena series as well, um, and so I was really, really looking forward to it because I love how their games play most of the time, um, and as I followed development, it just seemed like a more and more fun title. It's, it's very accessible, controls aren't crazy, um, and it's usually like uh, three hits to an auto combo into a special, you know, in, into some kind of ender, um, so that game's been incredibly fun to play. Um, and they've, you know, they've already released a full DLC pack, and they're starting on the second one now, which I believe the first character is to come out in fall. So that's been excellent. Louis, wasn't um, this a game that you were interested on? Louis is the fighting game nut of the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I always refer to it in the, in the terms of the evil lineup, and also that I refer to any any game like that as a weeb game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm actually uh, Twitch stalking you right now. Um, I'm seeing all the games you've been playing, like Persona 5, Royal. Yes, and, yeah, that's, uh, that's the next one I was going to bring up. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, you can, your Twitch page looks like a, like a weebs page. Oh, <laughs> weebs yeah. Twitch. oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Twitch, or Twitch, yeah. Um, also, just I'm confused. Why Roy Shadow? Like, uh, like your name isn't Roy, is it? It's, yeah, and it's, it's funny, too, because anybody who's seen that name and then met me in real life uh, assume my, assumes my name is Roy, and I, it's... 
hilarious to correct him. But so the name Roy Shadow actually came from something back when I was like 13 years old. So this is like 15 years ago when I was uh, role playing on forums online and I needed a name. And for some reason, I like the name Roy just for a character, uh, probably due to like Roy Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I just decided to add Shadow because, you know, edgy teenager. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where Roy Shadow came from. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I don't have a problem with that. And and I do love myself some uh, some weeb games from time to time. I, uh, I've i talked plenty about Catherine in the, in the this show, Ooh. which I don't know if you've ever played that. but uh, Absolutely. I, yeah, that that's a good one. Um, but uh, what else? So you probably want to talk about Persona 5 as well, right? Absolutely. So yeah, that, that was the next one I was going to mention uh, because uh, yeah, I have been playing and streaming that recently. It's been absolutely amazing. So um, I did get the original Persona Five when it released back in early April 2017, and I loved it. Uh, funnily enough, I, I only got to play it for I, I think maybe like six or seven hours um, before I like I, that day I had work later on, and then the next day I had to uh, drive down to South Florida. Because the day after that was when I went on a vacation to Japan. <laughs> um, so for, for anyone who doesn't know, Persona 5 is all based in uh, central Tokyo, around the Shibuya area and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was cool being able to play the game and like run through all of Shibuya, go to the crossing and whatnot. And then oh, yes. a few, a few days later, I'm there, <laughs> I'm there doing the same thing. But uh, for Persona 5 Royal, it's, you know, it, it is that base game. but And you'd think it would just be like, oh, they could just make an expansion. But... In the 40-plus hours I've played the game already, um, they've added so much content just to this starting part, and I do know that they've further extended the game past its original ending point. Um, they've added, you know, a new playable character, they've added new social links, new gameplay elements, just a ton of stuff. So it's, it's been, from start until now, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, Atlas likes doing that kind of stuff. And I actually wanted to ask you, because this is one of the games that, that's on my kind of backlog list that I definitely want to get to eventually. Um, if I were to play, like, is there any value in playing the original at this point? Or is Royal just the absolute um, kind of... Replacement. Yeah, like the... the what is it called? Like the definitive like version that uh, if you're going to play the game right now and you never played, maybe if you've never played any Persona game, I only played four for a little bit, but I, I didn't even beat it or even get that far. <laughs> um, so is, is Persona 5 Royal a good starting point for a new player to the franchise? And also, is that the quintessential game that, that you should play? Ooh, definitely a good question. I'd say for the for the first part, uh, 100% yes. Um, so mm-hmm. Royal's got everything from the original and like I said, just compounds upon it. Um, the only thing from the original that you would potentially miss is just if you're really specific on your voice actors, there were some voice actor changes from the original to Royal, but to be fair, both the English dub and the Japanese voices are amazing, no matter which version you play. Um, as far as best entry, or if that would be the best entry, I potentially would say so. Me personally, I have a huge bias towards Persona 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the game that got me into the series. I went from four to three to two to five to one. Well, actually, Interesting. I, I've barely even touched one, but, um, I, yeah. So me personally, I'd say four, um, or if anything for golden, um, and to which you and I have uh, spoken about this, uh, mm-hmm. previously in that if they ever remaster four or four golden, that I definitely believe would probably be the best place to start. Um, mm-hmm. and to just break you into things because, while Persona 5 has a lot to do and a, a lot that, um, you know, it, it teaches you, 
conversely, it's a lot. <laughs> and um, potentially someone new coming into this might not be, uh, it might be a bit too much. Depending. Right. Understandable. Yeah. And you mentioned there were three games. So what's the third game that, you've, <laughs> that you're into? I'm glad you remembered. Yes. So uh, this is a game I've been waiting for for 20 plus years. Uh, and that was hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I uh, fi- The original Final Fantasy VII back in 97 w- was literally what got me into the JRPG genre and what got me to absolutely love those titles. And uh, so ever since it was uh, announced back in the uh, back at E3 2015, um, I mean, I've been waiting by the computer at all hours for any updates. And, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> pressing F5. You got like exactly, exactly. <laughs> on IGN, just pressing F5. <laughs> yep. And so the fact that it's it's actually out, it's a real game, and not only that, but Square Enix did exactly what they said they they were going to do, in that they wanted to stay true to the original, uh, while also building upon it, completely expanding Midgar's story and the characters within it. And uh, I'd say they they pulled it off expertly. Uh, I mean, the characters, um, their designs have changed a little bit, but they're still very faithful to the original. Same with their personalities, the way they interact with one another. It's Everything that, that people would have loved from the original is still present in the new game. And then they just added new stuff. They added a couple new characters. Um, they changed some story stuff around and then added a bunch more story stuff to make that story of Midgar and the forming of uh, the main party just that much more impactful. Um, and, I mean, even even the gameplay is amazing. Um, while I am more preferential to turn-based combat... Um, I never had a problem with the action of Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, and for those who might, they also included the classic difficulty mode, in which you don't have to uh, act- actively move characters around and make them auto-attack and stuff. You simply uh, select abilities for them to perform, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for me, that, that game hit on all sixes, the, the visuals, the soundtrack, the story, all of it was top tier. That's awesome. And do you think they're gonna like f- first? Have you finished the game yet? And two, do you think they're gonna do you think they're gonna make it right with the rest of the with, the, with I was gonna say the rest of the series, but it's really the rest of uh, rest Final of Fantasy VII remake, <laughs> yeah. right? The rest of the story. And are you um, worried? Oof. So <laughs> that's no. Those, those are amazing questions. So uh, I have beaten it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I eventually will go back and do a complete hard mode playthrough just to just to do it. But um, I. If you I don't get the platinum, you're not a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I am actually aiming for the platinum eventually. <laughs> um, so I think that they will do a great job in terms of communicating the rest of the story throughout however many remaining parts there are. My only concerns come from someone who has played, you know, multi-part RPG stories before and uh, just wondering how they're going to handle that. For example... Um, the maximum level that any character can reach in Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 is level 50. Um, which is, you know, that's fine, because that's, you know, you don't even need to be that high to beat the game. Um, however, as compared to the original, where you're leaving Midgar at level, like, 13, 14, somewhere around there, and you still have the entire rest of the game to get up there to the 60s and 70s, etc., um, it is concerning to me wondering how they're going to take this data or take, take your original save data and move it to part two, because if they're going to keep the level cap at a hundred, but there are three more parts, then they have to make sure that the experience is going to be like, ha- have a significant curve to make sure you don't just hit uh, level a hundred by part two. 
Or maybe they'll have some other workaround in regards to just, you know, carrying over your save data, but now the level cap is 200 or something to that effect. So, uh, again, I, I have full confidence that they're going to uh, pull off the remaining parts with just, you know, it, and that they're going to be great. Uh, but just a couple of nagging concerns at the back of my right. head. I think we're all hoping for that. Some, some people are very concerned, though, that they're going to have to wait another 20 years or <laughs> <laughs> for sure, or, or whether Square Enix is ever going to be able to get their ducks in a row and, and uh, pull this off. But let's hope for the best. Uh, Lewis, mm-hmm. what, are, what have you been playing? Um, just I, I, I reverted back to my usual my usual ways. Uh, I only played Fortnite this week, but um, that's mostly, mostly because I was just decided, decided to actually like binge watch a series uh, for once. Um, what, but, what was it? If, oh, if I, I watched an Amazon. I watched an Amazon show called um, uh, Damn uh, Upload. Uh, oh yeah, and, I've, I've yeah. seen some trailers for that. I think. Yeah, yeah if you watch Twi- Twitch, they're gonna put the trailers on there. That's mm-hmm. why. That's the only reason why I knew about it was on my radars because I was watching so much Twitch, <laughs> which uh, which we were doing that. Um, but I only I want to use this time just just to promote my uh, my Twitch stream. Uh, I started streaming uh, my my playtime of Fortnite. Um, Twitch.tv slash Chakalaka88. I'm basically Chakalaka88 everywhere, all across the board. Easy to remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the whole spiel. I can't say the whole thing. I got to <laughs> say the whole thing. Uh, but basically, the um, the way I put it is I was just... My friends and I, we, we when we play uh, Fortnite, we kind of basically, you know, cut up and we just kind of like talk shit. And and I just basically decided just to surprise my friends with just... Uh, and myself, really, with just, just doing a Twitch stream. And I did two of them. Uh, the first one... I didn't realize that I wasn't capturing their audio when I was uh, when I was chatting with them. Like they could not be heard, and so I had a I had to think creatively as to what was the problem and how do I fix it, and um, and I realized we had a, a workaround um, since it's really hard uh, to chat on the PS4. I, I, I watched some of that stream too, and it was funny because like you could just hear you talking, and we like as a as a, somebody watching it, you had no idea like who you were talking to, what was going on. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you hear I, somebody on the phone. <laughs> I honestly had no idea that their audio wasn't being captured. I, uh, I whenever I did like the uh, the audio check and I was watching the playback while while live, I was only listening for my audio. And um, when um, when I when the stream was over, then I went back and watched the whole thing and I saw it and I like I look like a crazy person. I'm just kind of like giggling at random random times and stuff, you know. Uh, but so I decided just and really the, the the both both streams were completely impromptu. I had I actually didn't even promote it. Um, I was just uh, just basically just testing my setup and getting ready to roll out. I'm gonna be. I decided to to do what you're doing and just do a schedule. And I'm gonna promise one Twitch stream every Monday. Um, okay. And uh, that way, I don't interrupt your uh, cinematic universe that you got going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna stick with Fortnite. I want to do other stuff besides that. But basically, I did like the idea. I did like the fact that I sort of captured the hanging out with my friends um, over Twitch stream, and I kind of like. Uh, you know, just told them, hey, by the way, guys, I'm streaming. And then, like, one of them didn't catch, get the memo and stuff. And then they just, you know, dropping some some bombs. And, you know, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, we're live. <laughs> but beyond that, it was it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, I feel like I'm getting better at Fortnite. And uh, I this is the first time I played Fortnite in my mom, my gaming monitor. And I felt like I played better because of it because I've always been playing on a TV. So it's a, it's a difference in, in, uh, in uh, like, free, a reaction time from the looks of it, from the from the feel. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought you were doing all right. I, I was making fun of you in the chat, but uh, but I thought you were doing all right. Definitely better than me. Um, yeah, all, all I've played over the last week was uh, Portal. I just I played it on the stream over two sessions. Uh, I had not played that game since basically probably a few years after it came out, and it was interesting going back to it. But I'll say it still holds up. 
Uh, it actually took a little bit longer than I remember to, uh, to finish it. Some of the puzzles were still a bit tricky, even though I had done them before. Um, but what a game that game is like, I do think it's like one of the all time, uh, classics and, um, I do think it's still a, a really good time, but I, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, people that follow me probably already know about my love for that series and everything. Let's, uh, go ahead and get into some news starting with for uh, coronavirus related stuff, <laughs> which that, that's usually what we start with because it's, it's inevitable every week. There's like multiple stories related to this. Uh, so uh, yep. First one uh, comes from VGC, as written by Andy Robinson. Tokyo Game Show 2020 has been canceled. So we've been talking about Japan since Sean is there. And here you go, a very appropriate story to start us off. Um, VGS was scheduled to take place from September 24 at Tokyo's Makuhari Messe, but it will now take place online. Organizer CESA, Nike, and Dentsu announced on Friday. I probably butchered all those names. I am sorry. Uh, they said in a statement, open quote, due to the outbreak of the novel coronavirus COVID-19 on a global scale and the situation remains unpredictable in Japan as well, the organizer and the co-organizers have reached this decision after a long consideration to place the utmost priority on the health and safety of visitors, exhibitors, and stakeholders. We ask for your kind understanding and cooperation. More details on the online event will be disclosed in late May. Um, so that's it. Just another event uh, to the list of things that... Uh, that were planned to happen this year that are no longer happening. This one is interesting, though, because it's all the way in September 24th. Um, so it kind of shows that pretty much everything that was going to happen this year is likely no longer happening this year, at least not in the way that we uh, expected it. Uh, Sean, were you looking forward to going to a TGS this year at all? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that, that was one of the big things I was looking forward to, um, especially because if, if I hadn't made it the move this year, uh, then the big event I would have been looking forward to would have been Evo, and funnily enough, that got canceled too, or at least moved <laughs> online, same with TGS. So uh, it is unfortunate that, uh, hey, it's my first year in Japan, I can go and explore all this, and almost every event is closed. You <laughs> so, got Evo uh, Japan in December, so there's that. That is exactly the next <laughs> next event I'm looking forward to, so silver linings. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on this, Lewis? No, just uh, another one bites the dust. That's really yeah. all I got to say on this one. It just kind of it's we're getting into September. It's like we're kind of like like projecting out. So as we get into June, we'll get into October events that get canceled and so on and so forth. It's like a like a rolling steamroll effect kind of thing. Yeah. I'm kind of like visualizing it right now. It's like oh, it's three months out or like four months out, or whatever. It's done. You know, like yeah. that kind of thing. I'm very excited for things to start getting better. So I think we still got to be patient for a little bit longer. But I'm hoping that like within a few months, uh, things are going to look a little bit brighter. Um, but we'll see about that. I also don't have a lot to say. We read one of those every week, uh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is tired. <laughs> yeah, we're like totally desensitized to it by this point. But uh, on on uh, different news, uh, I'm going to read this one from GamesIndustry.biz. It's written by Rebecca Valentine. Ubisoft has announced it will hold an E3-style showcase called Ubisoft Forward. On July 12, 2020, the digital conference will include news about Ubisoft titles, including reviews of new games. Ubisoft is but one of several publishers and platform holders that have announced plans for separate standalone digital events following the cancellation of E3 2020 due to COVID-19, including EA and Microsoft, both of which are having events in June. Other publishers such as Square Enix have opted to join with other media outlets and personalities holding showcases, including IGN, GameSpot, and Jeff Keighley. Still others, such as Bethesda and Nintendo, have said they will not hold showcases around the normal E3 window in June, but have not yet given detail on if they will, like Ubisoft, hold an event later in the summer. And I'm going to use this opportunity to just going to bring in a quick update from IGN's Summer of Gaming event. 
after the story broke out, they have announced that Ubisoft, Blizzard, and more will be the latest additions to be joining their Summer of Gaming gaming lineup. Alongside them, they can also confirm the additions of Bloober Team, Artificial Core, Fabrass, and Code Symmetry with publisher Playstack to the lineup that comes alongside all the developers and publishers taking part in the Guerrilla Collective showcase on June 6th through 8th. Uh, so it's just been interesting to see all of these uh, things trickle down as well as events get canceled and things get moved online. We also have all these companies announcing their plans and the events that they're going to be doing digitally and whatnot. And things are happening in IGN and things are happening in GameSpot and things are just going to happen and they're going to be covered by all these different places. So uh, just like Taco Game Show is the next show to uh, bite the dust as to uh, get canceled in its physical format. We also got another new thing announced, uh, which is Ubisoft Forward on July 12th. Um, what, are, what are you guys' thoughts on, on the way that the summer is going so far? And, and I mean, we, we just kind of kicked it off recently with some of the news that we're going to get to soon. Um, but uh, are you guys down with, uh, with this whole digital thing and all these different things that are going on? I, for one, welcome our new digital overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have, to, uh, I'd have to second that statement. I mean... Uh, you know, luckily we, we are in the digital age and to a point where most things can be streamed. So, I mean, I, I personally have no issues with a lot more online events and uh, new stuff cropping up left and right uh, that, you know, help to keep us busy during these times. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's how the majority of people experience these events anyway, right? Like, cause, cause mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, even, even the events that do get a really high, uh, like, amount of uh, high attendance, um, the, the majority of the people don't actually get the opportunity to go. So there's a lot more people that are watching from far away uh, than there are at the place usually. And I, I'm one that very much likes going to these events. Uh, you know, I, I live in LA. I've lived in LA for like a few years now. And and I do enjoy going to E3, which is here. And, and a lot of times I'll travel to San Francisco for GDC and whatnot. And I, I like doing that stuff. Um, but, but ultimately... You know, that's not the norm. A lot of people can't go to E3 anyway. And a lot of people can't go to TGS. Like, like I probably wouldn't go to TGS in, <laughs> almost ever, you know, <laughs> unless I, I plan to trip to Japan very much in advance. And um, So I don't think it makes a lot of change for the average um, consumer of these news. It is interesting that now you're going to have, like, rather than having a week where everything happens and you can find all the information in usually, like, one place, like IGN or something, now everything is just so spread out. Um, that I don't know if we're going to, at the end of three months, it's going to be interesting to look back and, and see if we feel better about it, that we got so much more stuff through this long period of time, or if we're going to feel like we, like everything kind of didn't feel as special because it wasn't E3, right? Well, I think that uh, as far as the news cycles thing, uh, news cycle aspect of things, it's good for like the the writers like me that are writing these stories and stuff, because mm-hmm. you don't have to like be inundated with covering like, oh, hey, who's got this? Who's got this? I'm part of like a, a Discord now, and it's and it's it's today was the busiest that Discord has ever been with how many articles that needed to be written. And I'm like, I'm kind of watching the sidelines and stuff because I can't write an article today. Uh, but beyond that, like, it feels like um, from a coverage standpoint, everything, every game should get their shine. And from a marketing standpoint, if there's if there's either no effect or a positive effect, then basically this whole pandemic situation, like silver lining, it kind of like kicked everyone and like it gave a, like pun of the football, like a kick to the, you know, the system, I guess, you mm-hmm. know, getting everything moving over to a digital platform and using the internet more effectively. So I guess there's that. Right. Uh, moving on to some uh, traditional news now, some uh, more positive stuff. We're going to start with Epic Games 
announcing Unreal Engine 5 with first PS5 footage. Once again, as the I'll, I'll be reading the summary by Rebecca Valentine from GamesIndustry.biz. There was a video that you, you, I assume maybe you guys watched. If not, you guys should definitely check it out. It was really cool stuff. Uh, Epic Games has officially unveiled Unreal Engine 5 via a demo running on the PlayStation 5 that offers the first look at gameplay on the next generation system. The video demo showcases a number of new and improved features coming to Unreal Engine 5, including improvements to sound, water physics, animation, and two specific technologies, Nanite and Lumen. Nanite is a new virtualized geometry technology that allows for film quality source art to be imported directly into Unreal Engine 5 without bumping up against polygon or memory budgets or a loss in quality. Lumen is a dynamic lighting technology that lets game worlds react to scene and light changes with shifts such as light turning on, the, su the sun changing angles, or a hole opening in the ceiling causing both direct and indirect light to change accordingly. Unreal Engine 5 is set to go into preview in early 2021 with a full release in late 2021 and will support both next-gen and current-generation consoles as well as PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Projects built in Unreal Engine 4 will be compatible with and can be moved to Unreal Engine 5 once it launches. Additionally, Epic Games has announced that it will release Fortnite as a launch title on next-gen consoles and will also migrate the game to Unreal Engine 5 sometimes in mid-2021. Alongside its review of Unreal Engine 5 beginning today, Epic will now waive all royalties on Unreal Engine games up to the first $1 million in gross revenue, with the new terms of the license agreement retroactive to January 1st, 2020. And finally, Epic has fully launched Epic Online Services, a free SDK integration that allows developers to include friends, matchmaking, lobbies, achievements, leaderboards, and Epic account systems in their games across PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Whew. Damn. Sean, <laughs> you're a programmer yes, like me. Do what is, yep. what's your experience with Unreal though? Have you uh, have you used Unreal before? Uh, so I've had some experience with working with Unreal three mm -hmm. as part of just this, this small project. Um, aside from that, not too much. Um, and while I have seen uh, the video of the new Unreal Engine pop up on my Twitter timeline, I actually haven't checked it out yet. Um, but I definitely need to, especially after hearing that. Yeah. That just, oh man. <laughs> you definitely should. It's very impressive stuff. Obviously, and I mean, this is this is my comment on it, is that this is a tech demo, which means that they probably had a team of very talented folks at Epic work on this for a long time to make that 10-minute demo look as beautiful as it could, right? And that's not Absolutely. necessarily representative of what a full game would look like especially in the next year right maybe one day we'll get there but it's not like that the engine is not even going to be out for another year um mm -hmm. and and what they showed is probably not it's not it's not like any developer is going to be able to pull that off for a full game uh and etc however it is an interesting glimpse into what the future of games looks looks like and uh while we've said many times before that this console jump this generation jump may not be as uh noticeable of a jump in terms of uh you know, visuals as it was in the past, maybe from like PS1 to PS2 or PS2 to PS3, uh, we are finally kind of starting to see um, some of the benefits and, and the way that things are going to be able to um, look in the future. And I, I think it's fairly impressive. What did you think, Louis? I was very impressed with it from the from the jump when I saw like the rocks and everything and it looked so real. Like it looked like I was watching a movie. Um so I'm very I'm very optimistic with what uh, what can happen, and it kind of seems very cool that that was an actual demo that you can play, mm -hmm. and you know, and they actually showed gameplay versus last week's Xbox fiasco where that they had to apologize for. Um, so that all that being said, it's kind of almost feels like it's so weird that with so little said that PS5 is kind of sort of winning the console war, which is 
interesting. Um, I'm also very happy or very impressed that like Epic is putting their money where their mouth is. You know, they're so they're all about competition with the Epic Game Store, and they're also just doing this with the engine and saying that hey, if you use our engine for your first million dollars of revenue, we're not going to collect on that on any royalties. Um, so I think that's very cool and very awesome, and it's going to help uh, not just promote the use of Unreal Engine 5 in 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 games going forward, but also just promoting indie developers that won't you know, they probably won't get a million in sales. And so that's pretty, it's pretty much helping them grow um, as, a, as you know, their studios and their, their brands and their publishing. So yeah, it's I awesome. Th- I think what an epic strategy in here is probably that uh, for indie developers, a lot of them still prefer using Unity uh, to Unreal. There's a variety of different reasons why they do that. And I, I think that that's one of the markets that, uh, that Epic sees that they're kind of losing a little bit of the market share for it, which is that, um, sort of like small indie to mid-sized company and uh, and what the projects that they're doing. Uh, because I feel like on the AAA space, there's a lot, and this is totally anecdotal, but it seems like there's a lot more Unreal than there is uh, Unity being used. Um, but I think they're gonna they're trying to get a little bit of that piece of the pie too, and and they're very developer friendly, you know, in many ways with their uh, with their messaging, with the things that they're doing. I do think though that. I do not necessarily see this as a victory for the PS5. It is in a way because they did show that demo running on it, but I don't think that that necessarily means that the demo couldn't run on Series X. True. But but true. it probably does mean that there's some kind of deal, and I, I have no insider information about this or anything, but there is probably some kind of deal behind the scenes for why they decided to use a PS5 and specifically say that, right? Because if it was just Epic doing whatever they wanted, they might have chosen to omit that. But the fact that they specifically said that in the announcement, I think there's some Sony um, deal going on there behind the scenes. And, and and you're right. It is being interesting to see the different strategies. Like Xbox is talking a lot more, showing a lot more. But then Sony in their own like way, like not really saying much, not really showing much. They're still kind of getting these occasional wins. Like people are very happy about the new controller. Um I think the majority of people, um, people were really excited about this demo, which was really cool and impressive. It was probably the the most impressive look connection that we've that we've seen so far. So um, overall, there's, just uh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's two things that I wanted to say about this that I was very like, not like upset about, but very like kind of like rolling my eyes at. Um, there's the the uncharted wall climbing where like everything is like the white parts that you can you can see <laughs> to like we're like here this is the path you need to take versus like mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild you can climb anything. Um, there's that which I guess is kind of like a last gen kind of thing, and then there was the uh, the other thing that kind of like got me rolling my eyes is the whole shimming between rocks. Mm. You know that kind of like a fake loading screen. I was like, "Come on, we're we're past this already, aren't we?" <laughs> as far as I, I heard, though, they they actually they wanted to show that to show the animations, but it wasn't necessarily to hide any loading. So they actually do have some kind of statement about that because I I think people were talking about that too. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. I I think they were basically just trying to show us something that was familiar. That demo very much looked like a Tomb Raider game to me uh in many ways but dude i i was just excited to play that i was like give me that <laughs> give me that right now uh, unfortunately we're probably still gonna have to wait a little bit but uh all right moving on i think you guys are both gonna be very excited about this i, I could be wrong though but um nintendo has reviewed the new uh paper mario game coming to the switch uh this uh i'm gonna read this one real quick from Ethan gak at uh, kotaku Nintendo announced a new Paper Mario game coming to Switch July 17 called Paper Mario The Origami King. It will be the sixth game in the series and the first on the new console. There is a trailer available if you guys want to go watch it. 
The story looks like it will revolve around trying to liberate Princess Peach's castle from a new paper-based menace called King Oli, who according to Nintendo's press release wants to fold the entire world. Exploration will be based on a new ability called 1000-fold arms, in which Mario extends his appendages in weird ways to solve puzzles and navigate environments. It sounds like you'll be able to team up with a few allies at various points as well, including Bowser. A short clip has surfaced on Nintendo Japan's YouTube page that shows combat in a little more detail. In the video, the player faces off against enemies in a ring-shaped arena and needs to get them lined up in order to hit as many as possible in a single turn. A new Paper Mario game was previously reported to be coming this year back in March. In an interesting move, Nintendo has decided to drop the news out of the blue rather than review it through a direct. Nintendo has had directs specifically for Pokemon and Animal Crossing this year, but none laying out its more general plans for the coming year. As a result, the back half of the Switch's 2020 release calendar is looking sparse. Paper Mario The Origami King will certainly help fill that gap a bit. A data miner has found the listing for the game on the eShop, where a 1.0 version of it appears to have been uploaded on May 4th. That strongly suggests the game is finished. Nintendo tends to finish making games way well before release, but this is a long lead time even for them. Um, so yeah, what do you guys think of, uh, the trailer? If you watched it, are you excited about this? I, I thought Peach looked terrifying. Uh, I thought that was a very <laughs> interesting way to, uh, to open it up like that. Um, let's, uh, let's start with you, Sean. I, I don't remember. Are you, uh, are you a fan of the series? Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. I have very mixed feelings when it comes to, uh, Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. Uh, so growing up, I did not have a, uh, SNES. I did not have an N64. So my intro into the Paper Mario series was, was, was with the Thousand Year Door. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And eventually I went back and I played through the original Paper Mario and loved that as well. Um, now when Super Paper Mario came out, I also got that. And, um, I thought that was really good. You know, they, they changed the gameplay, but it was still a Paper Mario game. They still had a really nice... Um, fun story that you could follow, and that's the one on the Wii, right? <clears throat> yes, that's the one on the, on the Wii. Um, after that, uh, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started to not enjoy the games as much. I'll say it just like that. Like Sticker Star for me was kind of a letdown, at least again for for me. There, there are just so many gameplay changes and decisions that they made that I just ended up not enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, however, at least from just, like, the look standpoint of this new Paper Mario, it definitely seems interesting, and I definitely want to see a bit more before, you know, making my decision of grabbing it, but I'm at least very happy that Nintendo just dropped this on us out of the blue and was like, hey, here here you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's been interesting how they're doing that now, like, that they're not Mm -hmm. really doing a really good job, because it was just like, we're saying this with the latest uh, Mario Maker update, where it was just like, Mm. here you go, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) uh, I'm not, we're not used to that. Usually there's a little bit more of a, like a buildup, you know, like you get on some kind of high train, and, uh, but, but this had leaked already as well. I mean, not leaked, but there were leaks around it uh in the beginning of the right, year right. and so i think i think they wanted to get ahead of it and confirm it before more things started coming out um what, what do you think uh lewis are you excited yeah i'm very excited it very looks it looks like a sequel to as far as visually speaking goes just not necessarily gameplay because we don't uh but i'll just say like visually it's a sequel to color splash color splash had like the best graphics in the in the in the series by by far and i'm happy with that i'm very i was very like kind of like creeped out with like origami peach and i was like i was a very good tone very <laughs> awesome awesome opening of a trailer and um I, i'm just uh i'm just kind of 
I'm kind of like noticing a pattern that ever since the Wii, it's like Paper Mario has to have a gimmick in order to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with uh, Super, Paper, Super Paper Mario, you're a 2D platformer and you're a 3D platformer, you know, like you're switching back and forth. And with like Sticker Star, you have you, you battle with stickers. And then with uh, Color Splash, you battle with cards slash you're, you're erasing your color from your, your character sprite or whatever. And now in this game, it's like now you're being folded. And so um, I, I, I guess Nintendo likes to, you know, uh, focus on on those kind of things i don't know if they're you know consider them gimmicks or or just innovation it's it's however you want to see it um i am i have not played a paper mario game to completion i've played bits and pieces of them mm-hmm. uh mostly like the uh well yeah like like the first opening hours of each game so i don't really have much of an opinion on like uh other than to know that just like what sean said like the fan base has been mostly uh, like kind of like poo-pooing since the uh, since the 3ds onwards um so i'm just kind of optimistic i'm probably gonna buy it because i have every game in the series and so it's got to go in the collection regardless <laughs> you're probably gonna buy it at full price and then leave it on sh- shrink wrap like a probably the monster <laughs> exactly yeah probably. it legitimately does that with games it, it bothers oh, the crap wow. out of me <laughs> <laughs> um some of our mutual friends me and sean they they actually do that with amiibo like they uh i think i think steven sean yes. i don't know if you still talk to him yeah. but like he, he used to have like a big amiibo collection that he still had on the in the box mm-hmm. and everything and i can't i can't do that <laughs> I, I gotta let him free you know what i, I mean? would 100 percent do that if nintendo didn't uh, put an aluminum thing underneath the uh, the the, oh, the base yeah. that prevents them from being scanned while in the box. Whereas, like the other stuff, like uh, Disney Infinity, you can scan them while in the box. So that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on uh, changing subjects a little bit now, from Nintendo to PlayStation, PlayStation Studios brand will launch alongside PS5. This is a story from uh, GamesIndustry.biz again, uh, as written by Christopher Drink. Sony has developed a new umbrella brand to unite its first-party PlayStation titles. The PlayStation Studios brand will go live in PlayStation 4 and 5 games later this year and will only be featured on games developed and managed by Sony Interactive Entertainment's Worldwide Studios organization. Alongside the logo, PlayStation has created a new opening video that will appear at the start of its games. The video features characters from Uncharted, Little Big Planet, God of War, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon Zero Dawn, and The Last of Us. You can check out the video below. This you can go check out in the GamesIndustry.biz articles if you would like. We are really excited about this, says Eric Lempel, Senior Vice President and Head of Global Marketing at Sony Interactive Entertainment. Over the last few years and even the last decade, the strain of the titles coming out from our studios has been stronger than ever. We have been thinking about how we unite all of these great games under one brand, and really the purpose of that is to make the consumer understand that when they see this brand, they're getting really they're getting ready for a robust, innovative, deep experience that they've come to expect from games coming from PlayStation. So we came up with the PlayStation Studios. Uh, so that's it. There's a little bit more information. Not too much to dissect there other than just they're starting with this new branding that brings all of the PlayStation Studios under uh, one umbrella. The trailer is very cool. It kind of looks like a, not the trailer, but the, I, what, what would you call that? It's like a, a reel, a, an intro reel or something? Yeah, the, anime. Yeah. the opening animation. It's, yeah. Uh, it looks like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. It very much looks yeah. like, like a movie thing. Um, it, it's kind of cool. I, I don't have a lot to say about it other than, you know, it's kind of cool. I like the brand. I like the logo. What about you, Lewis? Well, at least it at least it makes it easy from like the the two companies' perspective. It's like you got Xbox Studios and now PlayStation Studios uh, versus like Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um, it's a little bit of a mouthful, and most people just refer to it as SIE, and people don't even know what that stands for. And then cool. it just kind of makes it uh, like very apparent to like the average consumer, like, hey, this is PlayStation Studios. And then when you have like the the MCU like 
like esque touch, and you're like you see all the characters that you recognize, like Drake and and Kratos and and um, and Ellie and Joel and everything. So it just kind of like helps unify everything. It's like, hey, this is a first party PlayStation game, and it's gonna be dope. And I I guess it's uh, I guess it makes sense. I wasn't really like um, clamoring for them to rebrand themselves, but it is what it is. Yeah, I don't think anyone was necessarily like expecting this or hoping for this or anything like that. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. To me, I almost take it as I think they're kind of taking a little bit of a page from Nintendo's book here because I just think Nintendo has a very clear like messaging of why the Nintendo family of uh, franchises looks like and and the Nintendo family of games and studios. And uh, you very much know, like, like a lot of people that are fans of games, like you ask them, like, what are the Nintendo characters they know, right? The Nintendo characters, the Nintendo games, they all kind of, you can think of all of them coming together under like this umbrella versus with Sony. I don't think they had that as clear. Uh, And I think maybe this is a sign that moving forward into the PS5 generation, they really want PlayStation to become um, I mean, PlayStation is already a super strong brand, right? Like, I, I do think it's arguably uh, as strong as Nintendo, but they, but not like the 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 characters and, and the games necessarily. I don't think they have that same uh, household name quality. Uh, so I think that's kind of what they're going for, especially with the intro where you see all the different characters. I think they want people to start associating all of these characters together under this umbrella of PlayStation Studios. Um, well, like maybe your casual fan would not necessarily think of horizon zero dawn and uh like i mean aloy from horizon and like Sackboy boy as being like in the same world you know uh, i think they're going to start like doing a better job at um showcasing that so i think that's kind of probably the motivation there all right on a, another announcement tony hawk's pro skater one and two remake was announced for ps4 xbox one and pc uh this was written by jonathan thornbush at ign tony hawk's pro skater is back as activision has announced uh, I'm gonna just going to refer to this as THPS so that it's easier. <laughs> THPS <laughs> 1 and 2, a compilation remake of the first two THPS games developed by Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy Studio by Carrie's Visions, which has a long history with the series. THPS 1 and 2 will be released for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via the Epic Games Store on September 4, 2020, with pre-orders offering fans early access to a demo the iconic of the iconic warehouse level. The game is a remake compiling the first two games in the beloved series, including all levels, even the secret ones, and IGN spoke with Vakaris Vision Studio head Jen O'Neill to learn more about what's new and returning to THPS 1 and 2. Uh, the game will introduce some new moves not featured in the original games, like reverts, but Vicarious Visions uh, hopes the muscle memory of the original kicks in while playing. And that is that will is in part because the studio employed the original handling code from THPS1 devs, Neversoft. Uh, there's, there's a lot of information in here. If you're interested, you can check the show notes to get the article, uh, to get the link to the full article and everything. But just kind of, I just, I just kind of want to get a general uh, take on this from you guys. Like, are you guys a fan of the series and are you excited to, to see this uh, remake back? Sean? Uh, absolutely. I mean, um, both THPS 1 and 2, and I mean, even uh, getting into the underground games, I actually did play a lot in my youth and... While in real life I've never skateboarded much, I, I've always loved the games. They're they're just you know they're they're just fun enjoyment you know. So it's great to see them coming back. Yeah, for sure. They're a lot of fun. I I grew up playing them too, and and it's interesting because I, I feel like everybody that grew up in the '90s, early 2000s, like grew up with a Tony Hawk in some extent. Tony Hawk was such a big household name; everybody knew it, and everybody knew the games. And, and they were fun to play. I, I was never, like, that attached to the franchise to the point where I can even remember what was one, what was two. I know I played pretty much all of them, but they all mm. kind of blend together in my head. Um, I know they had great soundtracks. Uh, I know they, they were just very fun to play. 
and it, they were just you know that thing where like yeah, young like boys and girls would get together uh, like like at somebody's house and would all like play Tony Hawk together alongside a few other like PlayStation like early PlayStation titles. Uh, so I do I do have some of those memories, and I I just think it's it's cool to see it come back. What about you, Lewis? I have no I have not played any of the games. I might have played like one of them at like a friend's house on an N sixty four. You know, like one of the classic ones. Um, not a, I'm not gonna say I. I uh, I'm not to say I'm not a fan of the series. I'm kind of like a sideline fan kind of stuff because I know I know who Tony Hawk is. You're right. I did I did grow up with him kind of thing. Um, you know, like those Got Milk ads and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff that he's done. Uh, all that said, though, um, I'm happy for any fans that are excited for that. As I usually say, those kind of blanket statements um, <laughs> as of late. Um, and I think it's I think it's uh, one of those kind of situations where it kind of feels like an obvious move to make, especially because like the first two games are like considered in high regard and i know that uh tony hawk pro skater 5 was kind of received poorly mm-hmm. so going back to what made it good and and giving everyone this that hit of nostalgia that 90s nostalgia is gonna uh reap some some rewards for the publish publishers you know i'm the most curious at what this will do to uh, tony hawk's fame <laughs> because <laughs> i don't know if you guys follow tony hawk on twitter or have seen his tweets uh come around or things like that or have seen screenshots of it but like tony hawk is really popular on twitter for uh, just kind of describe well, one of the things that he does that, that tend to go viral is that he would describe these uh, menial interactions that he has with uh, strangers uh, where people did not like realize that he's Tony Hawk. So like he'll be like <laughs> he, he'll be like an, at an airport or something. And somebody will see that his, his passport and they'll say like, oh, Tony Hawk, like the skateboarder. And then he goes, yep, like the skateboarder. <laughs> it's literally him right there. Um, <laughs> so it's like it's just really funny how he's like. I like I, I think he used to be like really like like known and recognizable, but he's kind of like fallen by the way the wayside a little bit just just because <laughs> we haven't you know the games haven't been as popular. He's probably not doing as much as he used to as far as like his position in the skateboarding world and the and culture has changed. I, I think that stuff is not as big as it used to anymore in general. Uh, I could be wrong. Purely anecdotal here. <laughs> I just no, I mean uh, I, I definitely agree uh, that like I'd say probably like late nineties like mid two thousands was like that big skateboarding craze where punk mm-hmm. rock was going nuts some 41 avril lavigne all that stuff so yeah i definitely say things have changed at least a bit i just wanted to say that uh he uh i'm pretty sure he debuted this game with jack black's youtube channel this is how it first got dropped oh that's so, pretty cool <laughs> yeah uh on, on some other uh remakes and remasters that uh, were recently announced uh publisher 2k games has announced the mafia trilogy with a short teaser on youtube it's coming to ps4 xbox one and pc and promised to share additional details on may 19th uh, so we're not covering this in great depth right now because it's going to be coming back next week. Also, there's a Diablo 2 remaster uh, that's rumored to be coming out this year, uh, though this hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, I, I do not have uh, any particular attachment to any of these franchises, but if you guys are excited, feel free to uh, <laughs> feel free to act excited, I guess, or something. But um, I saw I saw the Mafia trilogy, um, and it looked just visually, it looked dope AF. That's all I got all to right. say. Maybe it'll nice, be a... nice. go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Oh, no, I was, yeah, I was just going to say on my end, uh, I actually haven't played any of the Mafia games, but uh, Diablo 2 was a big, big game for me uh, back in the day, <clears throat> which is hilarious because I hate spiders, and there are a lot of them in that game. But <laughs> aside from that part, those parts, um, I really love D2. I sank a lot of hours into it in both single player and online. So if there actually is a remaster coming, I think that would be spectacular. All right, let's hope for that. I do think it would be cool too. I I only played a little bit of Diablo two, and that was a long time ago. So I think it would be cool to um, see like a a new remat like 
maybe not even remastered at this point, but like a, a full one from the ground up remake would be really cool. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. All right. And now for our uh, final uh, full length uh, story of the day. This happened today on May 14th as we're recording this. Uh, we got a new uh, kind of, I almost said trailer, but it's more of like an in-depth, deep dive look into uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Sony's new uh, first party game. So I'm going to read this uh, summary real quick from Matt Wales on Eurogamer. Ahead of its 17th of July launch on PS4, Sony has offered a closer look at developer Sucker Punch's open-world samurai adventure, Ghost of Tsushima. Or actually, I think it's Ghost of Tsushima, uh, based on how they were talking about it. And as if there was any doubt left after previous showings, it's looking utterly breathtaking. At its heart, Ghost of Tsushima appears to be fairly a traditional open-world adventure, enabling players to explore the titular island, engaging with enemies along the way. There are two paths to the action. The Samurai Path, which sees protagonist Jin entering direct confrontations with opponents, and the Ghost Path, which offers a more stealthy approach to challenges. The former gives players access to a range of combat stances, with different stances providing more effective against different enemies, and swordplay is built around needing to parry enemies at the last possible moment in order to break their defenses. As for stealth, it's your usual game of sneakery and distraction, with players able to toss firecrackers, ring bells, or drop snake bombs to get the slip on opponents, grappling to higher ground if need be. None of which sounds like particularly radical deviation from similarly styled games, but that's hardly a complaint if it's sufficiently satisfying to play. And besides, I wager most people won't be signing up specifically for Ghost of Tsushima's action, but rather to get thoroughly lost in its staggeringly beautiful world, which we were offered another tour of today. Indeed, Ghost of Tsushima is gorgeous, backed with endless... Well, now we're getting here into the author's opinion of the game, and I would rather hear what you guys have to say about it if you guys have seen the state of play uh, and your guys' general uh, expectation towards this game. Let's start with you this time, Louis. I am sold on this game. I actually wasn't really, like, hyped at all for this game. Like, really, like, I was very lukewarm on this game. I was like... Mm -hmm. I almost kind of, like, uh, begrudgingly didn't really like the fact that this game existed because I would rather Sucker Punch give me another infamous game. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. Because, uh, like, that was, like, my very first Platinum I ever got in, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and for PlayStation. But anyways... Um, when I saw this game, I'm like, damn, like just this was this was like some next level. And it almost kind of not only does it like sh show like the PS4 hardware like running in a, in a good light, it almost kind of looks next gen. Mm -hmm. um, it almost kind of like if you told me this was running on a PS5, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm sold on PS5s. Uh, I really hope that this game like gets like some kind of upgrade program that like you get the PS5 version like that running even better and like mm -hmm. crispier and stuff like that and better frame rate or whatever. Um and so one of the good things that I one of the things that I like noticed right off the bat is like the game tries to do away with the HUD altogether and the HUD only comes up when it needs to, but it tries to just put the gameplay and like the vista and the beauty like front and center. And um the art department needs a needs a promotion like immediately. Um I am very much this game is now very much on my radar. Um probably it's probably gonna be on the short list for game of the year, as from what I, from what I'm seeing so far. Wow. Uh, obviously maybe like it's going to be second to like the last of us in my opinion when it's all said and done but uh, a very good strong contender nonetheless I'll have to keep, I got my eyes on this game yeah what do you think Sean uh, well first off I want to say uh, I'm glad I'm not the only person who decided to go through the ridiculous process of getting a platinum trophy in infamous uh, <laughs> going around <laughs> gathering every shard <laughs> um, but man this game I've I have been interested in this game from the earliest stuff they've shown us and, and from just those early uh, screenshots and, and teaser vids, I've thought just one thing. This game is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, the, the state of play went on while uh, essentially I was asleep since I'm, you know, in the future. So <laughs> it was so nice to uh, wake up and be able to see that. And oh my goodness, yeah, it's 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 so very gorgeous. Um, and just seeing how um, they've talked and you know shown a bit of just gameplay and footage and whatnot, it just looks like it's living up to what my expectations of it were. So. I cannot wait for this game. I am I am so hyped for this game. Um to the point where um like Lewis said it like it being a contender for game of the year. Like when I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, I was like, "Oh, that's it. This is good." And then I wake up and I see the state of play and I'm like, "Oh, well, hang on a minute." <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm very very hyped. So, let me yeah. ask you this, Sean. Um are you going to play this game with the Japanese track? <laughs> Funnily enough that, uh, that, that you asked that, I was watching the, uh, you know, I was watching the video and I'm just like, and I thought to myself that exact same thing, and I think I probably will, just, uh, I mean, because I am over here in the land of the rising sun, it just seems fitting, so yeah, I, I think I'm definitely going to go with the Japanese audio. So when you watch your anime, is it subbed, not dubbed? Uh, for the most part. Uh, oh, come as, on, as Sean. Aside, I come will on. Say, I, <laughs> as, as, a quick, as a quick aside, I will say that there are some animes where the dubs are better than the subs. Dragon only, only Ball Dragon is a Ball. huge example. Only Dragon Ball. That's it. <laughs> there, there are a couple others that, I, I won't say that they're better, but they do a, like, the English dub does a very, very good job. But yeah, for the most part, I'm subs, and hopefully eventually when my Japanese gets better, I won't need the subs. So I just wanted to say that this game is Japanese as fuck, and this is developed by an mm-hmm. American studio. <laughs> just <want> to... <laughs> that's so, that's that's so true. true. That's true. And, I keep forgetting that. And also uh, the uh, the fact that I saw somebody like on online refer to this game as Japanese Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I thought so cool too, actually. Idea. That that was my take, which is when I was watching this uh, the state of play today, which I, I watched during this the, during the afternoon while I was working. I just kind of played it, and, and uh, I was looking at it, looking at work, looking back. Uh, I think the game looks great. It, it it made me think of Breath of the Wild as well, like especially the way that they were doing the shots, where they were like. It was like there was a lot of grass and a lot of green, and then they would show the character like looking at the horizon, and then you see like this mountain in the back. Like it very much reminded me of original marketing for Breath of the Wild, um, other than you know obviously very different uh, graphical style in some ways and and different camera angles and things like that. But it, but it did make me think of it as well. And they something that I thought was really interesting was the color tone of the game. Which is, I thought it was a pretty unique, like, it was almost, like, kind of gray. Like, it almost kind of lacked. Like, it didn't have the same level of, like, hue and saturation and brightness that something like Breath of the Wild does. But it was also not a, to me, in my opinion, it was not, like, a boring-looking, like, bland-looking environment either. It just had this very unique, like, cool very um film yeah like subdued like tone mm-hmm. and, and then when they yeah. showed the black and white mode that was very interesting as well uh i also thought it was kind of funny that they gave some attention to the the photo mode which is something that like every game needs to have nowadays <laughs> um i even saw gdc talk I, I can't remember what game it was for it was either god of war or spider-man but they were talking about how like they were kind of putting off like developing the photo mode and then they finally did it and then it turned out to be like they got data after the game release where it was like one of the most used features of the game and how like it was like so important for the marketing of the game and things along those lines. So uh, it's interesting now whenever I see like some game do a trailer or a deep dive or whatever and they talk about the photo mode, I'm like, yeah, I know what you, I know why you're doing that. <laughs> you got to get um, those Twitter hashtags going, man. Yeah, exactly. That, that <laughs> stuff really helps. You'd be surprised. Uh, but yeah, I think the game looks super exciting. I think it looks really good. Um, I do think like I, I I do think it's interesting that I, if you look at all of the Sony first party games, I think they kind of have a style now that despite them all being unique in their own ways, 
they're almost all like third person action adventure open world or semi open world video games you know what i mean it's like we're like there's like ghost of tsushima and uh the last of us part two and horizon zero dawn and spider-man and like uncharted 4 and all this other stuff and i i I am beginning to like i do think i'm beginning to get a little bit fatigued uh of that like style of gameplay from like the sony first party studios they're all like kind of dark too um so I'm I'm kind of excited to like see if they're going to continue that trend with a PS5 or if they're going to start trying to explore some other genres with their first party stuff. But nonetheless, I'm not tired of it yet. I'm not meaning to be a downer or anything. I am very excited for this game. I am most likely going to play this game as well. Um, July yeah. 17th, man. It's going to be packed. We got two uh, heavy hitters with Mario, uh, Paper Mario in this game. Yeah, for sure. And uh and also, like with The Last of Us coming out just a month before that, so uh, it's still it's still gonna be it's still being a heck of a year for uh, video games, despite all the coronavirus stuff and everything that's been happening. I love this like end of generation feel, by the way, when like you start getting like all these great games that have been in development for so many years and that are really taking the hardware to the max. Um, and you can see the developers really figured out how to take the most out of the current generation of consoles. Uh, I guarantee you, like the first year, like next year, which is going to be the first year of next gen, is going to be a little bit more. I don't know, like subdued in terms of like the games that we get. That that's what I'm expecting at least. Like I look back at a 2014, which was the first year the PS4 and the Xbox One, and there was like not a lot of like really cool stuff coming out that year in comparison to like 2013 on the other hand, which was like holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm kind of seeing that transition now too. That, that's just me though. Uh, all right, so Louis, uh, why don't you go ahead and start getting started to do uh, your sections pretty soon, and I'm just going to go ahead and rattle off the or extra news. So Sean, you're new here, and, and in case you're new to the show, there's only so many news that we can cover in the time that we have, but usually if there's other things that we want to cover to some extent, we're just kind of going to read quick like headlines, and then if there's anything to comment on at the end, we just comment on what we need to say about that. Uh, so I'm going to go through three, seven quick stories here real quick. Number one. Respawn and Infinity Ward veterans Rue McCoy and John Shiring have launched a new AAA game studio, Gravity Well. It is a remote native developer with many of its staff working from home. Number two, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will apparently include a run-in with Beowulf, uh, Beowulf as part of a bonus story mission which appears to be exclusive to the game's season pass. Number three, Doom Eternal's Update 1 will bring empowered demons to the game as well as new content, bug fixes, and a host of optimizations. Number four, Natsume and Rising Star Games have announced the upcoming title in the long-standing Harvest Moon franchise. Coming this fall to Nintendo Switch, Harvest Moon One World, like other games in the series, is all about building up a farm, hanging out with villagers, and taking on various challenges. The new title features a new engine and graphics. Number 5. Intellivision Entertainment has announced a key hire in Jay Allard, who joins the farm as a global managing director. Allard is best known for the 20 years he spent at Microsoft, where he co-founded the Xbox project and was involved with the launch of the original console, the Xbox 360, Xbox Live, and Xbox Live Arcade. Number six, declining sales of PlayStation hardware caused revenue to tumble for Sony Corporation, but the Japanese firm said that the COVID-19 pandemic has not affected its launch plans for PlayStation 5. Number seven, Final Fantasy publishers Quarionix suffered a 10% drop in net sales for most recent financial year due to a quieter state of new titles, but profits and operating income still show increase thanks to Final Fantasy XIV and Dragon Quest X expansions. So that's it. Those are usually the the news that are more specific, just like for people that are really into a game or a publisher or whatever. Like we just kind of go through them to if anybody listens and is interested in something, they can go and search it on their own. Anything you'd like to say about any of this stuff, Sean? Um, not so much. Um, I, I will uh, at least throw in a comment about the uh, the last one talking about uh, Square Enix and uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like as opposed to previous years with. Uh, 
Tomb Raider and other big titles that they had thrown out that they, it has been, I don't necessarily want to say lax, but less uh, in, in more recent times. But of course, I would say a big part of that is due to them taking a lot of their, their resources and just pouring it into FF7 Remake. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you would quickly mention, there are, of course, dedicated teams to Final Fantasy XIV, which has been just ever gaining in popularity uh, since its uh, release of A Realm Reborn years ago. And, of course, Dragon Quest X is very, very big, especially over here in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Anything uh, from you, Louis? I'm just going to say I'm surprised that uh, PlayStation has declining hardware sales. That's a little bit of a of a like a curveball for me on that one. Uh, I believe I these... don't really know what else to say other than a surprise. Yeah, th- these are uh, these are results for the fiscal year ending in uh, March 31st. Um, so this was before this was right before like the quarantine stuff started going down. So I do wonder if uh, like new more updated results would be more positive but i i think it kind of makes sense because you know uh, we're getting to the end of the generation of the ps4 and the xbox one so sales have a tendency to decline towards the end of the generation as people are waiting you know if, if somebody hasn't bought a ps4 by now they're waiting for the ps5 at this point um so we'll see how that goes and we'll see if that still comes out this year as they're uh, promising it all right so uh lewis do you want to run us through uh or new releases what are you absolutely playing? There we go. All right, so we have a couple of games coming out here. I'm going to read two blurbs, but I'll go ahead and just uh, highlight the games that are coming out here real quick. Uh, Dungeon of the Endless is on PS4 and Switch May 15th. Uh, Those Who Remain is on PS4 also May 15th. Golf With Your Friends is going to be on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on May 19th. Uh, Gorn is a PlayStation VR game on May 19th. And uh, Cannibal uh, Cuisine is going to be on Switch and PC May 20th. So the blurbs here I'm going to read is going to be for the Wonderful 101 Remastered May 19th. It's going to be on PS4, Switch, and PC. Um, And if you're a backer on the Kickstarter, I believe you already got your digital codes. Uh, So uh, lead an army of 100 wonderful heroes from around the world to this Unite Action spectacular Um, a a team of heroes from around the world must unite to protect the earth from vicious alien invaders this band of 100 wonderful ones work together using their fantastic abilities to create a variety of forms whether it be a giant fist or a shape uh, a sharp blade they will use their wits and powers to overcome the enemy pitfalls and perils and the final the final member of this team of courageous heroes is you uh, from platinum games creator Bay- and uh from platinum games creators of the Bay- bayonetta series astral chain near automata and metal gear rising revengeance comes wonder- wonderful 101 remastered this game will be platinum uh, games's first self-published title and is a powered up version of the wonderful 101 originally released by N- uh, nintendo on september 15th 2013 as a Wii U exclusive. So uh, there's that one. And the other game is going to be Crucible, which comes out on May 20th on Steam. Uh, Crucible is a team-based action uh, shooter driven by the choices you make. Each match in Crucible is a fight for your survival and control. Not only will you be going toe-to-toe with your fellow competitors, but you'll have to adapt and overcome all the challenges the planet itself throws your way. You and your teammates will need to work together to take down alien creatures, capture objectives, and pursue your opponents in search of victory. Hunt, level, adapt. Whether you prefer to bring an axe to a gunfight, you think the best way to solve a problem is by lighting them on fire, or want to keep your options open with multiple weapons, there's a hunter suit to, uh, to your playstyle. Crucible's 10 hunters each come with two, uh, their own unique set of abilities. How you use them is up to you. Cool. All right. Uh, so now do you want to run us through uh, some deals? What are you buying? 
I th- all right. I just ran the same audio again. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so this one's an interesting one because they uh, Epic Game Store actually they kept it a secret. They have like a mystery game, and they have like a little timer, and they even did it for next week. So there's like a, a little countdown timer if you go to the Epic Games website. Mm-hmm. We usually like kind of sort of like, hey, by by the way, this isn't coming next week, and uh, we don't really know that, but. For now, uh, this is a big one, and this is kind of like uh, for anyone out there that has not purchased Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, it's going to be free on the Epic the, Game the Store. The three, the three people in the world out there that have not yet purchased Grand Theft Auto Five, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. Um, so uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is going to be free uh, between now until May twenty uh, first, and it's just get it on the uh, Epic Game Store. It's a, it's the premium edition from the looks of it, and um, it's. I would imagine it's going to run better on PC than what you get on consoles. So uh, who knows what kind of features that you get out of this version. Uh, so go ahead and just redeem that game and uh, get yourself a nice, cool open world game. Uh, I'll definitely be getting I, I I own that game already on like PS3 and PS4. But I mean, since it's free anyway, I might as well get it on PC. Maybe I'll stream it on Twitch at some point. But something that I thought was funny is that this actually, I think, put the store down. I think Epic uh, Epic Game Store was down for a while today because of so many people were trying to get GTA 5 at the same time. Nice. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. And uh, the other thing I, I just want to throw here, and this is a curveball, and this is not on the dock uh, since I didn't make the sure. dock, but I uh, uh, Twitch, as I stated before, I, I keep an eye on like the Twitch Prime, uh, the games with Prime that you get. Uh, they usually kind of are like, as of late, they've been like indie games that are like, you know, no one's ever heard of. Um, and uh, just uh, one that I just want to spotlight and shout out was a game that was a launch title on the Nintendo Switch. And I know it had made some waves because at the time, like, people were starving for content on the Switch. Um, it's Snake Pass. You can get it for free. If you're an Amazon Prime member, you get Twitch oh, yeah. Prime. And you can just go on the Twitch uh, launcher and just redeem it right then and there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, cool. so that's pretty cool. And lastly, uh, as far as the deals go, there are a ton of PSN uh, deals going on. Uh, so just looking over the PSN store, let me see. I'm not. Oh, gosh. Your, your link didn't give me the, the deals, did it? No, I'm you got to go and click it. Oh, gosh, you got to do a little right. bit of work. I didn't oh, do God. all your work for yourself. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see here. All, all deals. Here we go. Uh, so we have. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't see anything. Is there anything worth spotlighting? Help me out here on this one. I would say that the deal of the week is uh, just cause four for uh, ten bucks. That would be kind of the the main one that it, that I would throw out there if you're if you're interested in that. But there there's a bunch of deals. Probably no matter what you're into, you're probably gonna find something uh, interesting in there. But you know, we've been talking about the PSN deals for a few weeks. They they do great deals in the PSN stores. So definitely go check that out. Um, yeah. And then, well, uh, one of the daily deals that we found here is that Red Dead Redemption 2 is now on Xbox Games Pass Ultimate, so you can sign up for uh, one month for only a dollar. So, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, like the Ultimate Game Pass, the the Netflix for games for Xbox, it's dope. Um, a very good, a very big get. Uh, Rockstar is just making buku money and licensing right now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, guys. So now it is time for. Or topic of the show, which this time I thought I was going to do something different. Uh, you guys are both not very prepared for this intentionally. Louis is a little bit more prepared. Sean is not at all, I think. Uh, Sean, I'm going to ask you if you if you haven't yet, just uh, to pull up Twitter and uh, I send you a link. Okay, I think it looks like you got the link already. Uh, yes, sir. Louis, I don't know if I've sent you the link yet. 
Is uh, it the link on the doc? Uh, yes, the link on the doc. So open okay. that. Please, oh, All you're right. going to open an Excel sheet. Don't click anything on the Excel sheet. Click on any cell. If you're going to okay. click on any cell, click on like one of the the, the header of the, of the sheet or something like that. So usually for topic of the show, Sean, we have uh, some big, subject that's going around and we talk about it for like 20 minutes or something like that and, and just or just do something fun uh this time i figured it might be nice to play a game with you guys uh and i i wanted to try something a little bit different i figured let's try playing a guessing game meaning a game in which i'm going to give you guys some hints and some information and then you're going to have to guess which game that is now there's going to be a theme to this guessing game which the team is metacritic and we're specifically looking here at the the top games on the on Metacritic, the, the games that have the the highest uh, Metacritic ratings. Uh, I made a list with all the games that had over ninety seven in Metacritic, ninety seven or over, and I order them from like top to bottom. Uh, obviously, there's a bunch of games that have the same uh, kind of Metacritic score, so I use the user score to, just to kind of like untie them. That's not necessarily the order they're in in the website. But it's what I decided to do here. Um, so the way this is going to go is we're going to start at the bottom. So we're going to start there at number 14. The ones that are in black, are uh, you, you can we can consider them eliminated. Um, because for whatever reason, I decided not to include those in the game. Uh, and we're going to alternate. So uh, we're going to do, I think, let's do Sean first and then Lewis. And then we're going to alternate back and forth. And the way this is going to go is that I'm going to have you try to guess the game based on the some information that I'm going to give you, which this information is going to be the number of words, the Metacritic score, the user score, um, and a bad user review of the game. So these are the best. These are theoretically the best games of all time. But even the best games of all time get really shitty reviews on Metacritic. So what I thought would be fun would be to go through it and be like, I will read you like a somebody like somebody's review that really didn't like this game. And have you try to guess what the game is. Now, on this process, there's a few hints that I can give you. These hints are the year the game came out, the developer of the game, the publisher of the game, and the console the game came out on. Now, technically, with knowing all of this, the review, the 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 meta score, and all these other information, it would be really easy. So we're going to have a little bit of a point system. <laughs> I went a little bit overboard with this, as you can tell. <laughs> we're going to have a little bit of a point system where the more hints you ask for... Uh, the last points is going to be worth. So if, if you get it with no, none of the extra hints, you get five points per game that you guess. Otherwise, it goes down to four, three, two, one. If you can't guess it, then the other person has a chance. But if it's Sean's turn and he can't guess it and then Lewis tries it, uh, Lewis can't ask for any more hints. So he's going to have to do with whatever is available at the board. I set this up in, in uh, an Excel sheet in a way that I'm going to be basically making certain cells visible um, as we're going through this. Uh, so we're going to start, you can scroll down, uh, it might be good to like zoom out a little bit to make sure you get the whole sheet in there. So we're going to start with number 14 in this list. So this means that according to my standards here, this is the 14th best rated of game of all time in Metacritic. And the review, the bad review I picked for this game is the following. And this is Sean starting, so you're going to be the one trying to guess this. Right. After over a dozen hours, I can say the game is painfully overrated. It has a very slow start with a crazy amount of very slow walking and talking. Even once the open world opens up to you, all you do is basic talks with incredibly long trips. Ride 10 minutes to punch a guy who owes money once, then ride 10 minutes back to camp, then do that three more times. 
This is a game that has a 97 meta score with an 8.2 user score. And it's a title that has four words. Which, by the way, if there's a number in the title, I'm, I'm considering the number a word. Now, Sean, what do you think? Do you want to guess what this game might be? Or do you want to ask for more hints? You only have one guess, by the way. All right. Um, I think I might have it. I, I think I'm going to go with the guess, try and get the, the maximum five points here. And the main thing that's, that's just going with me is just... The fact of the word ride in the review, because anytime I'm thinking ride, I'm thinking horses, and the first thing that comes to mind, which does match four words, would be Red Dead Redemption 2. Right. So that will be my guess locked in. All right. So uh, let's uh, review the game and look at that. You're right. Oh, oh, oh my <laughs> God. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2. So, oh my uh, god, I am fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this person really didn't like Red Dead Redemption 2, which is going to be the theme throughout this whole thing. Released in 2018, developed by Rockstar Studios, published by Rockstar Games on the PS4 and Xbox One. So Sean starts the game with five points right now. And now we're going to go to Lewis. By the way, I didn't put that much effort into making this fair. So some of them might be a lot harder than others. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Gotcha. Um, all right. So Lewis, you're guessing the 13th best game of all time. This game has a 97 meta score as well and an 8.3 user score. It is also four words. And this is the bad review that I got for it. Most depressing game I've ever played. I had high hopes for the game after all the hype, the magazines, etc. Must be kidding us. They have obviously just gone along with public opinion with their biased best game ever and groundbreaking reviews. I've seen better graphics, better gameplay, storylines, etc. elsewhere. This redacted, which redacted is me removing either the name of the game or something that would be too obvious thing has been done to death now drive around shoot someone steal some money go to a clothes shop buy a burger swim around use the cheats nina nina samas as the game puts it swearing non-stop yawn they just promoted to make money one big cash in the game is rubbish i'm gonna go with my guess here i have to i have to match him there's no way there's no way i can i, I i'm gonna either look like a fool or i'm gonna be a baller i don't know um I'm going to go with uh, Grand Theft Auto V, Regis. All right. So uh, let's uh, review the game right now. And the game is Grand Theft Auto V. Correct. Hey. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I'll say that the both of those ended up having some uh, some hints in there um, in the in the review, which I was kind of trying to go for that, too. But it's not always going to be the case. All right. So, so we're currently at a tie. Lewis at five and Sean at five points as well. So, all right, Sean, it's, it's your turn again. So I'm about to review the 11th best game of all time according to our uh, according to my standards here and the bad review for this one this was a game that is a three-worded game 97 on metacritic 8.5 user score i never really got to play redacted when i was a kid because i never owned an xbox and for a time i thought this was some great thing that i might have missed out on due to all the hype around the time of its release and all the nostalgia years after it but upon actually playing it and then subsequently replaying it, it just be fair and give it another chance, I discovered that I really didn't miss out on much. In fact, I'm actually pretty glad that I've never played it because at the end of the day, it's an extremely mediocre game. So why do you think this is? And I just realized that this is a pretty strong hint on the on the review as well um, that I I'm, I'm perhaps should have redacted as well. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, what's your uh, what's your thoughts here, Sean? Oh, man. It's, it's interesting because, yeah, there's, there's a part of the review, at least the, the Xbox part is what I'm focusing on. I'm just like, some that, that got hyped up for Xbox 
for years and years. And then, of course, this particular person played it and, you know, didn't really get the hype. Um, with three words, there's one game that comes to mind, but I'm not confident enough in it to just shoot for it straight away. So I'd like to ask for a hint, please. All right. So I'm going to let you, I wasn't sure how I was going to do this, but since you're going to do it, uh, I'm going to ask you to choose whether you want to know the ear dev publisher or the console. Uh, developer, please and thank you. All right. So we're going to look at the developer of this game right now. And the developer is Bungie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, that helps someone. Oh, wait a second. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So now I have it now. Oh, so now I have a better idea. Of the direction that I want to go. But now I, I'm i still... Any, any thoughts you may want to share, Louis, to uh, to help or uh, confuse your opponent? <laughs> Honestly, from the review, I was my mind already jumped to Halo, but I don't know which Halo, though. Uh, especially with oh, it being exactly. a bungee, it kind of throws a curveball because that's one of the earlier ones. So, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And we, and we have to remember these games are, you know, some of the best games of all time, as generally considered by critical opinion, right? These these players oh, I are figured just. It out. The... I figured it out. I already know what it is. So Sean, you can you can try try to throw me a guess here, or or if you give up, then then Lewis has a chance to get it, and maybe he'll get it. Oh man, I feel like he's really confident. So <laughs> let's, <yeah. laughs> let's see. Uh, which. It's it's more yeah it's more just which in the series like the the, the bungee is a huge giveaway mm -hmm. uh, along with Xbox. Um, so so depending on how familiar we are you are with this franchise, the word count might either help you or go against you. <laughs> it's definitely going against yeah. me here. Uh, oof. Well, all right. Uh, I'd have to say Halo Two would be my guess, albeit that's not three words. Mm -hmm. So, all right. I'll still say that that would be my guess. All right. So the game is unfortunately I, not Halo I got Two, it. but I know. Oh, Go yeah. ahead, Lewis. <laughs> it's uh, it's Halo One, which is also the full title is Halo colon Combat Evolved. Yes, that is correct. So Ooh, that's what I meant. Where it's, it. What is kind of confusing <laughs> is that Halo One was technically not called Halo One, nor just Halo. It's called Halo mm -hmm. Combat Evolved. So we're gonna review that right now. Very nice. And uh, I guess that means that Lewis got four points. Four points. That's yeah. the yep. So the, this is this is about to uh, get get tense here. Well played. All right. Yeah. Now I'm so, in the lead, but I can probably give it up just as easily on this next one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's look at our next game here. So this is the tenth best game of all time. Ninety-seven as well. Eight point six user score. And our review says overhyped. No feature or mechanic in this game is in a rip from the myriad of open-world action RPGs that most Nintendo fanboys would mock years ago. Now, the same outdated mechanics are giving a redacted skin, and it's a new chapter in video games. Much like the newest Metal Gear or Final Fantasy XV, this will get great reviews at first, and when people really play it, the truth will be known. Everyone loved the Star Wars prequels until they didn't. <laughs> So what Legend are Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. You are we're about to find out. You are correct, my sir. <laughs> <laughs> the eight word count was so easy on that one. I was like, I just had to count it out. <laughs> That's true. Maybe the maybe the word count kind of gives it away, gives it away from uh, from time to time. 
Um, Funnily enough, I actually had a different game in mind uh, that actually matches the word count, which was Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. Oh, oh interesting! Nice. <laughs> well, the Nintendo <laughs> fanboys is the one that gave it away, though, because that's a that's PlayStation fair. game. That's true. That's why I went straight with the whole open world and a new skin and everything. Like I just kind of oh, felt true, true. like the whole open world thing was over. Like it just kind of helped me guide me to that one right there, right then and there. The, the funny thing is that's one of Lewis' like favorite games of all time. So I, bet, <laughs> I hope that didn't hurt too much reading that. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. All right. So now for uh, Sean's turn again. This game has also a 97. It's a three-worded game. 8.9 user score. <laughs> this is a funny one. This game was by far the worst redacted game I have ever played. The game was a huge disappointment and did and did not live up to the hype at all. The game tries to innovate, but ends up being a lackluster experience. Why couldn't Redacted punch and kick like you could in Knack 2? If Redacted wanted to innovate, they should have followed in Knack's footsteps. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. So, this is, this is whoa, interesting. Yeah. Whose opinion is this? <laughs> so you're, you're uh, unlucky with this one, Sean, because this one, the... The review doesn't help you at all. I just thought the review was so ridiculous that I had to include it. <laughs> no, understood. That's that's ooh, that's wild. Um, so again, uh, I'd have to ask for a hint in terms of the dev. All right, so let's review the dev. The dev is Nintendo for this game. Is it EAD or EPD? So that's interesting, Lewis. Um, I think they renamed EAD to EPD at some point or something along those lines. When I was looking at this game's page on Wikipedia, the developer said Nintendo EPD. But nonetheless, it is an internally, like, Nintendo Japan developed game. Okay. Hmm. Oh, man. I think... Oh, I can't remember the name. I think think maybe looking at the ear... Or uh, or the console might uh, might help you here, uh, Sean. Actually, yeah, I think you're right. Um, so I'm gonna have to ask for a second hint in terms of the console, because console might give at least somewhat leeway to year as well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Switch. Oh. <laughs> okay, so it's a it's a Switch Nintendo developed game. Three words, 97 on Metacritic, 8.9 user score, and this person really wishes it was more like Knack Two instead. Hold on. Wait, no. That Oh, wait, no, because that'd be four. Oh, I figured it out. Uh, ooh. <laughs> wait there, Louis. Now, I'm going to give you a suggestion, Sean, that I just figured out that there's a strategy to this game. That I, if, if, I, if I thought of it, if I had had more time to think about this further, maybe I would have found a way for this not to be the case. But if you feel like uh, you're not going to get it, it might be best for you to ask for all the hints so that he gets less points when he gets it or something along those lines. <laughs> oh, you, that's, that's very smart, Damn. actually. Hey, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, I will, at the very least, also ask for the year. Okay. Because I do want to solidify that down. So we're going to review the year right now. It's 2017. 2017? Before the Switch, developed by Nintendo. So right now, this is a... Um, this is a this is worth what, like two points. This is worth uh, it's worth two points right now if you right. if you can get it right. Or either or uh, if you unfortunately I don't have any confident answers, so I'm just gonna ask for the last hint for the publisher. Okay, and we'll see if I can get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Nintendo. Which is just Nintendo as well. Yeah, well, uh, oh, as you man, might as you uh, probably expected. Well, uh, unfortunately, I think I'm gonna have to pass it off to Lewis. So, Lewis, this is all yours. All right, get your point, Lewis. It's Super Mario Odyssey. You oh, are correct. Oh, <laughs> so uh, this person 
really didn't like Mario Odyssey and prefer like like Neck Two better, or they were just fucking around with the review. I don't know, <laughs> but I agree that this is one that uh that where the the review didn't help uh that much because it could have been in the beginning it could have been like anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, Lewis. So you just got a point there. Uh, what am I at? Fifteen now. You're at fifteen, and Sean is still at five. So there's still there's oh a chance God. for a turn here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. It's just, just this is just for fun, guys. Um, all, right, all, right, oh, yeah. all right. So for another game, it is a two wordy game. Ninety seven as well. Eight point nine user score as well. The review says, I bought this game based on the positive reviews of Metacritic. However, the game does not age well. FPSs were not meant to be played with one joystick, and going back to that is just frustrating. I'm going to go with GoldenEye007. GoldenEye007, and your answer is wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Oh, that's uh, damn. <laughs> so I'm guessing what I should do here now. I guess I guess Sean should, should have a... Should, have a chance of guessing as well but i don't think you should be able to ask for any hint right because right yeah, right. yeah that, was the, that, was, okay. that was the rule okay cool so so sean with just with just this this is all you have two words 97 8.9 this person bought it based on reviews on metacritic fps's were not meant to be played with one joystick and going back to that is just frustrating Oh man! Uh, if he's wrong, I want to do one more guess, but not for points, but just because I think I have I have a second opinion. Okay. Oh man, I'm trying to think. Got it. Okay. Oh man, I'm torn. I'm torn between two. What What uh, are you thinking? I think this might be. So my brain goes to because un- unfortunately, like while I remember, because I'm thinking older FPSs, obviously, since he said it doesn't age well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, unfortunately, I can't remember control schemes because I'm thinking uh, Deus Ex is the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Or perfect dark. Mm. That was my second guess. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if those are, those are single or uh, what's called single joystick controls or not. Uh, but based off of it, I would have to go with Deus Ex just because I know people love that, and with a Metacritic uh, Metacritic score of ninety seven, hopefully I'm in the right ballpark. I am just gonna review the game, and the game is. Perfect Dark. <laughs> Damn, that was my guess. That was my second guess. I was like I'm, a single joystick in N64. I know. Bad frame rate. Single yeah. joystick. I'm like, yeah. I, I, I feel like you're, uh, you not having a Nintendo 64 growing up kind of got you there, uh, Sean. But it's funny that you were you were on it. <laughs> you were on it. You just went yeah. with, the other, with the other option instead. That's that's funny. All right. We have uh, we have six more to go here. So now uh, on, nobody, nobody got points for that one. Um, and it's Sean's turn, I believe. And it's Sean's turn. Okay, cool. Yes. So this is a 97 with a 9.1 user score, a four-worded game. Uh, and the review says, while the game surely is fun, it fails to reach the high standard set by the first game. With no deeper meanings in story, this game takes away everything that made Redacted shine. Don't expect epic endings or beginnings, storybooks, or places with a backstory. Hmm. So, so let's see what we can gauge from this... Uh, from this review here well i mean it definitely appears to be a sequel mm-hmm. and definitely definitely second i'd definitely say second game in the series it you know mm-hmm. if if there were more just since it says first game um and it's interesting to me because there's something that immediately pops well not not pops out but the, like there's a game that immediately enters my mind when it's just like with no deeper meanings and story Boy, is it a game that I've uh, talked about in the past with friends of how the first game was amazing and I love the story. It was a very tragic tale, and then you get to the second one, and it's none of that. Um, 
And so I'm wondering if I want to just go for the five mm. or actually, and I think it's worth taking the risk because if I don't have any hints and get it wrong, Lewis won't have any hints either. So I'm going to guess God of War 2. Hmm. Good guess, but not the game we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I Lewis, have no idea where to... <laughs> I will say that I... this is another case where the review sucks, and this person doesn't know what they're talking about, really. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the funny thing about this. Louis, you have no idea? No, no idea. I'm trying to think of... I'm trying to pull a guess out of my ass, and I can't. Um, let's hear... Hmm... Yeah, with no with no developer, no no. Oh my god, yeah. There's it could be anything that has two at the end of it. Mm. Um, let's go with. Hmm, I can't even think of a, a four worded sequel. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pass on this. I can't. I can't think right now. All right, so uh, let's review the game, and, and I think you guys might be a uh, kind of shocked. Wait, wait, don't don't do it. Just reveal the the hints first. Oh, okay. You want to see the hints first? All right. Yes. So let's no no points will be awarded anymore. Just so you know. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. look at ear first. No, doesn't help. Okay. Now developer will help most likely. Oh, on Nintendo. Okay. Hmm. Twenty ten sequel or say twenty. No. Hmm. I kind of just want to review the whole thing. Can I just review the whole thing? Go for it. Go for it. Go for All it. Right. This is Super Mario Galaxy two. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh man! The Wii would have given it away. I probably, I probably would have got it with the Wii mm, if that yeah. was there. Mm. All right. So Louis's turn now. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Nobody has gotten points in a while. Things are getting hard. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. This is a this is a fun one. Ninety-seven, nine point two user score. Just two words. No, I cannot say goodbye, Halo, you stupid moron. Where's the multiplayer, Bisnotch? Where's the Game of the Year award? The game is incredible, but nothing compared to the classics like Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, or Halo. But really, the only problem with this game is that the controls are weird, but since the GameCube controller is not designed for FPS, I congratulate Redacted on the effort. Great game. The zero is just to get the attention of the idiot who said it was better than Halo. Metroid Prime. Yep, that's correct. And once again, I should have put more effort into balancing out the 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 reviews because some of them, <laughs> like this one, had like the GameCube in there. I could have cut that out, but I kind of put this together really quick. So, <laughs> all, all good, all good. Uh, all right, let's go back to you, Sean, for this one. Now, this is our first game that has a ninety-eight Metacritic. There's only three of those, and we're about to go through them. Uh, but this game. Despite having a 98 Metacritic, has a 7.5 user score, and it's a five-worded game. And the review that we got says, Say what? Number two game of all time? I remember having found memories of it, but taking off those nostalgia goggles leaves me with a glitchy and buggy mess. Nothing about it is memorable, and there are way better games made after that that should be rated higher. Once again, this is a hard one with the review. It doesn't give a lot away, other than perhaps it's in an old game. I guess. Ooh, yeah. All right. So definitely gotta take some hints and see how uh, see what I can get. Uh, so I'm actually gonna say console for my first hint. All right. So this was a game that was originally on the PS1 and Dreamcast. I want to actually. Uh, you can. You guys can think out loud, but I'm. I'm gonna look something up real quick because I. I think it might have been in other consoles too. Okay. Well, given the it, it would have been a, like a late PS one game because the Dreamcast was the early uh, the early bird for that that generation with the PS two and the Xbox generation. Um, so interesting. I, the PS one doesn't even have like the same 
engine capabilities as a Dreamcast, so I don't know how if it was like a remastered or a higher definition version, I guess, on the Dreamcast. There was also a Nintendo 64 version. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, so this was... So I guess it was maybe at the very end of the PS1's life cycle then. It was like a multi-platform classic from that era that this guy is very shocked is on the top games (laughs) of all time list. (laughs) Um, And also has a 7.5 user score, so you can think that, like, it's not that, like, it's not that well regarded with users perhaps as it is by uh critics or i mean i i would say that it, it is well regarded but i guess maybe not with the the modern, this audience modern. or modern audience or whatever makes sense now i'm tempted i'm tempted to give a in kind of like an extra type of hint for this one that's not the stuff that i've been giving before just because i think otherwise it'll be too hard um all right are you okay with that lewis i'm okay with it all right I'm try, trying to give Sean some help here, so let's see if he can, he can uh, catch up a little bit. Um, okay. So, we talked about this game in the podcast today. That's my <laughs> And this is now worth three points. Nice. Ooh, hold on. All right. Let's see here. Don't look. You, sh- you shouldn't look <laughs> okay, at the dock. Okay, that's okay, that's fine, cheating. I, I, okay, I don't fine. think he has access of, to the dock. <laughs> I got out of the dock. I got out of the dock. I, t- I switched tabs. It's, it's, all, it's all good. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking about what we played, and was it? Oh my gosh! Okay, hang on. Oh, um, I think I, I think I got one. Uh, when you talked about I the games you played, you you, play, you talked about a Persona game, right? Or is that maybe? Is there like a five worded? No, actually, actually uh, damn it. Hmm. Hmm. No, hmm. I've 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 got one that I'm pretty sure was on was on the PS One, Dreamcast, and N sixty four because I specifically remember the cover art to two of those consoles. Oh, I figured it out. I figured it and out. And I want to say it's. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah, that's the one that was that's when I when I figured it out. And let's review the game. That is correct. So <laughs> Sean gets 3 points right there. Yeah, so I figured with just the review and maybe even knowing the developer this would probably be kind of hard to to get to it. So I figured I'd give an extra hint. Yeah, the game that's getting remastered. It's on the, according to the Metacritic, uh, if you open the Metacritic best games of all time page, it's the second one that shows up. That's why they uh, said wow. that. Way. Yeah, I just put I just put it under the other ones because of the user score. I get um, you. But can you imagine? I mean, Tony Hawk was great, but second mm-hmm. game of all, second best game of all time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the wild part. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got a we got a big review here for uh, Lewis Stern. Now this game also a ninety eight with a seven point nine user score. Um, just another offsetting the tense. This game does nothing but bow down to the majority of the human race, that being brain-dead violence, hungry war mongers. There's such a game without guns. Those that say RPGs are stale are just naive, biased, gun-crazed, and so-sos. This game is just a stale, if not more than all the other games out there. Same story, same mission, same simple gameplay, nothing new here. I was a fan of the series until the franchise went hyper-popular and gained nothing but simple-minded followers that wanted guns, violence, sex, and more guns. Poor from Poor form, everyone. Hmm. I am going to guess. Wait, oh, wait, I can't see the RPGs is is uh, is messing me up here. Um, just from the four, <laughs> from the, from the four words, I was gonna go like before I even saw the review, I was gonna go into this with like The Last of Us in mind. But then mm. the RPGs kind of like threw me a curveball, and now I'm thinking like Grand Theft Auto Three because of all like the hyper violence and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Ar- uh, Grand Theft Auto is a RPG, so. Huh. I am in a, a bit of a loss here. So when the franchise went hyper popular and game nothing okay. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with Grand Theft Auto 3 on this one. I think that's the only Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, that's four. There you go. Go with that one. And you are incorrect. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm, I'm going to let uh, like Sean can give a guess to this as well. And maybe you guys can, uh, right. can talk it out or something as well if you'd like. But well, no, hints, no hints. No yeah. hints. Yeah. You heard my reasoning. I had yeah, two yeah, guesses on no that worries. one. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah, so it definitely seems like a game where it's uh, a lot of... Oh, wait. Yeah, so it's it seems like it's, it's definitely a shooter just because of how, how they're talking about it. Um, and so I'm just wondering, like... Yeah, especially with just only just four words to You could change it from three to four. Mm. I mean, that's the other thing I can say. We grant that's, that's, yeah, that's, do, that, do, that was one thing I was thinking. Do you think I'd be that much of an asshole, Louis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, all right, so let's see. If we're talking just, let's see, guns, violence, sex, more guns. Uh, yeah, see, that's that's the main thing that, that I think, oh, my goodness, hang on. Um, yeah, but I don't really classify Grand Theft Auto as an RPG, so unless it is, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think they meant that in the opposite way. Um that like they didn't like this game, and they're probably more fans of RPGs. But the fans of this game would say that RPGs are stale. Oh fuck! Uh. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I want to go ahead and guess Saints Row the Third. Ah, great guess. I like that guess. Let me reveal the game though. The game is Grand Theft Auto Four. <laughs> <laughs> I was so oh, fucking God. on it. You motherfucker. That was good. That was good. I even told you to guess up one more up. <laughs> yep. And, and I was thinking of it too, especially because again, violence, sex, more guns. But then I was also just like, would he do that? You know, you know what's crazy though is that Grand Theft Auto Four is the highest rated Grand Theft Auto game on. Uh, well, that yeah that kind of gives away like that it's not the next two but it's the highest rated gta mm. game in uh, metacritic which i uh was kind of nice. surprised about um hmm. all right so was that that was lewis's turn so that now we're going to sean's Sean. turn all right all right let's let's look at this one. Oh, this is an interesting one okay so 98 as well 8.6 user score and the review says this is an overrated piece of junk Despite the gorgeous graphics, the actual fighting is too flat and uninteresting. If you want a real 3D fighting masterpiece for the Dreamcast, go play Project Justice. Doesn't look this good, but plays far better. I think I know it. So here's the interesting thing. I put in one, it's one word, but if you had asked me beforehand, like, oh, how many words is this and and told me the name of the game, I would have thought it was two, but there's no space. Yeah, I I knew it. I know it. Ooh. So real 3D fighting masterpiece... Just because they didn't like the fighting in this one, that's a single word that would seem like it's two words. So you know those compound words. I I I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would find this to be a little bit of a deep cut, at least for me. I don't know. Pro, Lewis might disagree. Wait, I Wait, I, I know my Dreamcast a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Unfortunately, I can't say I'm that familiar. Um. I'm going to have to ask for the dev. No, don't take away points. (laughs) (laughs) I already know. Uh, The dev for this game is called Project Soul. I actually don't think I... I don't know. Uh, Well, since I'm still unsure, let's continue detracting points. (laughs) Uh, And (laughs) ask for the console next. Dreamcast. The console is... This was available in the arcades as well as the Dreamcast. I didn't know about the arcade part, but I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
This is actually available on a lot of other platforms as well, I believe. Um, but uh, the Dreamcast is kind of the primary was the kind of uh, the primary platform for it, as far as I understand. Uh, I think it yep. later got ported to a bunch of stuff. Um, I think it later got ported to the PS2. I want to say. Wait a second. Well, hang on. No. But is that two words or one word? I don't know. But I'm gonna go ahead and guess Power Stone. Nice. Yeah. Nice guess. Dude, that is not correct. <laughs> Whoa, that was my whole entire. Is that thing was that your thing as well? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I wasn't gonna steal this one. I don't have a guess. I'm trying to. Okay, let's see here. Power Stone. If it's not Power Stone, then it's um, hmm. a Dreamcast game. Huh. The only other thing, the only 3D fighter I can think of is Tekken, but that was a PlayStation thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah, no, I can't think of one. You got me. All right. Stumped. So let's review the game. Drum roll. Please tell, me, please tell me it's not. This is so caliber. Oh my god! Of course it was. <laughs> yes, duh. Oh That's my god! Right. Yeah, because it is one word. Yeah. It started off as a, it started off as a yeah as a Dreamcast game. Yeah. yeah. Sega Sega owned. It was it was in the arcades. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, Damn. I never played it. Never played it. Don't know much about it. Um, but yeah. yeah, I never played the original. Um, I only played enough. I started Soul Calibur on the GameCube when Link. Mm. So I think that was yep. two. I want to say yeah for, for for a lot of fighting games i found out i started at two like soul Calibur 2 tekken 2 mortal kombat 2 street fighter 2 i don't know why <laughs> i always came into the second some games but they're usually the better ones right so true that's fair yeah and now All right, to... before you uh before you oh dang i was gonna say before you read the comments i'm gonna already know the game oh you already know the game all right yeah. sure there's going to be a uh, five points nonetheless, I guess. But, Six uh, points. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So number one best rated game of all time in Metacritic with the only game with a meta score of 99 and a user score of 9.1. This is a seven worded game. Yeah. So I just know this off the top of my head. I already knew it. And just the seven words kind of okay, like, wait, confirmed Before it. you do it, then, Sean, do you want to take a crack at this? Just because I'm, I'm curious. What do you think is the best rated game of all time? Oh no, that wouldn't that wouldn't be seven. Uh, wow. Uh, nope. I had one that I thought might be it, but it's sure as heck not seven words. So I have no idea. Oh, you don't? Okay, yeah. This was like always. People always brag about this being like the highest rated game on Metacritic. And I, like I said, I just know this off the top of my head already. So, um, it is The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. That is ah. correct. So our top game here is uh, The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh, let's so see this I'm bad gonna, review. I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> reveal it. And yeah, let's read the bad review outdated and bland while this may have at one time presented new and interesting ideas they are not at all engaging or fantastic from a modern perspective coupling this with poorly executed mechanics frustrating tedium and an uninteresting world redacted is fast passed up for future games in the series or even other games entirely damn those are just some wow. fighting words right there serious which, holy which, shit that's like the the funniest stuff about this is just like to think i don't know i i thought there was something kind of interesting about looking at like these like excellent games that are tend to be considered really good games uh and see like what people like the people that talk shit about them and the thing that they had to say and just kind of make fun of them because you know <laughs> now i'm gonna review the ones that uh that I, we didn't do in the game and the reason Mario why I cu- oh, the reason why i cut them out is i thought it would be boring because they were like there was another gta there was Mario oh my Galaxy god one. i Oh my god! I put Grand Theft Auto three in there. Oh my god! See, I was on some, I was on some money on this, man. Uh, <laughs> so, 
So uh, here's the here's the full list. So number one is Ocarina of Time. Uh, number two is SoCalibur. Number three is GTA 4. Number four is Tony Hawk Oxboard Skater 2. Number five, Metroid Prime. Number six, Galaxy 2. Number seven, Super Mario Galaxy 1. Number eight, Perfect Dark. Number nine, Super Mario Odyssey. Number 10, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number 11, Halo Combat Evolved. 12 is GTA 3. 13 is GTA 5. 14 is Red Dead Redemption 2. 15 is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and 16 is NFL 2K1, which the funny thing about NFL 2K1 is that it has a 97 meta score, but a 6.3 user score. <laughs> so yeah, some of those I cut because I thought either they'll be too hard or it's just repetitive. So I I was like, oh, we're, we'll skip those. Fair um, enough. Thank you, too. But yeah, so uh, our final score here is that uh, Sean is our runner up with a total score of <laughs> 8 points. And Lewis won the game with a score of 25 points. <laughs> I thought fair, I was going to look like well a fool done. in this game to tell you the truth <laughs> going into this. I was kind of nervous. Yeah, Sean had a really strong start, and then just everything just fell apart. But, you know. Yeah, it's got to beat it off. <laughs> next time, Lewis, you can come up with something like this and then get me on it. Because I'm sure it's much harder to be on the other side than it is to just, uh, you know, be pulling the strings. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just um, like put it together. But uh, anyway, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, so we're, uh, pretty long on time here, but fuck it, it's a special episode, so let's just fucking do it anyway, uh, unless you guys gotta go or something like that. Uh, I would still like to do our final segment here. Uh, so Sean, this is a segment that we do every week called Sharing the Love. Uh, the way this works is that every day we alternate Louis and I, and we always thought that whenever we had guests on, and you being the first guest, we would have the guests do it, uh, which is we just take a moment to uh, share some words of appreciation for a game that we really love. And uh, if we have, like, sometimes if we have a story from our childhood or something about this game, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so go ahead and take it away and tell us uh, what game do you want to share the love for today? Uh, absolutely. So um, earlier in this podcast, I had talked about a little bit about Persona 4 and how that was kind of like my gateway into not only the Persona mm-hmm. series, but the Shin Megami Tensei series. Um, but the game we'll talk about now is actually called Tales of the Abyss. Mm-hmm. Um and as similar to Persona 4, this is my entrance into the Tales of series, which has it's been a very long running series. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of those <laughs> since yeah, since like the early 90s for uh, for much older consoles, and they've gone through um, up until now actually with Tales of Arise scheduled to come out next year, I believe. Uh, however, Tales of the Abyss was a game that came out in the early 2000s for the PS2, and um, I've played many uh, of the Tales of series since then, and I've even gone back to Abyss in recent years, and no other game has hit me like Abyss has hit me. Um, And part of that is just the characters. Every single one of the playable characters I love, every single one of the playable characters has at least some form of noticeable growth or change throughout the story. Um, And even some of the side characters are pretty interesting. Um, and there are some side quests in which you go further into their stories and what happens with them throughout the course of the, the game. Um, and uh, aside from that, I mean, um, the music yeah, the music is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, com- composer Moto Fuji- Fujiwara uh, has composed all of the Tales music um, from the, the first entry all the way through. And he always does a fantastic job. He's also known for other works like Valkyrie Profile and even the Golden Sun series. Um, so the music is one of the big standouts, but I also love, uh, the combat. Uh, earlier I had mentioned that I love turn-based combat, and that's very true, but, um, Abyss did action RPG combat in such a way that it was always fun, and very similarly to Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, each character has their own distinctive style, and you can choose to play any one of them, so that's just 
excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, overall, it was just, it was an amazing experience playing it way back in the day. I think I played it in like 2007. Um, and then I've played it, you know, I've done multiple replays throughout the years. And like I said, played many other Tales games. And while I enjoy all of them, Abyss has been the only one to ever stand out like at the top. Mm-hmm. And do, do you think maybe the reason why it's stood out so much with you and through your history, like playing through these different games, do you think, is it maybe because of the, the time that you played it, the age that you played it, you know how sometimes like nostalgia plays a factor on that stuff? Or do you really think this is the best Tales game? Is this the one that you would recommend the most for people that want to maybe like me? And I bet like Lewis as well, because we typically do not play uh, JRPGs as much um, a game that you could get into the series with. Um, well, I mean, um, for, for the first part, I, I do believe there's at least a little bit of nostalgia glasses, mm-hmm. as there are for any of us when we, you know, when yeah, we get really excited sure. about a game. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I feel that they do so many things well um, that even though, you know, graphically, you know, as an older game, it doesn't necessarily hold up with <laughs> old PS2 graphics. Um, I think everything else is very engrossing and, and does suck you in. I, I will say that there are points within the story that, like, or not not within the story, but within the game where uh, you're just like, oh, crap, I have to do backtracking again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, aside from that, I, like, I would, it's definitely a ta- the, the Tales game I would recommend to anybody who hasn't heard of the series or who has but isn't really, um, you know, hasn't really gone about looking into it. Mm-hmm. Um I know a lot of my friends and other people who have played the Tales series would recommend Symphonia, and while I do hold that one in high regard, I think it's partially the nostalgia glasses and partially the fact that since it's a uh, more recent entry than Symphonia, they improved upon some gameplay mechanics, which just make the overall experience so much more enjoyable. Cool. So let me ask you this. Um, If I wanted to hunt down a copy of this game, should I be going for the PS2 version or the 3DS version? Ooh, uh, that's a very good question. Um... Me, personally, I would say PS2, and the only reason I say that is uh, just because uh, I'm not that big on handheld games. But if you are, the 3DS version is great. It does run a little better, not too much. You know, 3DS hardware isn't the best. But, um, yeah, I'd I'd say if if you're fine with playing it on handheld, then 3DS is the way to go. But if you're not as much of a handheld gamer like myself, then uh, the PS2 would be good albeit good luck finding it on the ps2 <laughs> <laughs> true that that's true also good luck uh setting up a psu and uh playing the psu in uh, the middle of 2020 although if anybody were that's to true. do that that would be lewis i think this guy <laughs> this guy he'll like set up the he'll still set up the n64 to play the original smash brothers to this day that's so. true <laughs> nice yeah very nice um anyway which i think i'm gonna review which i'm gonna review for the website probably because oh, yeah. uh, it's the mod yeah, oh yeah, that's so. right. Let us know when you do that. Anyway, thank you so much for uh, sharing, Sean, and just in general, thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast with us today. I think this went better than uh, any of us could have uh, expected. You fit right in, and I think things went pretty well. You also have an interesting, um, like, gaming interests that that are a little bit different and almost complementary to to what I usually talk about, what Lewis usually talks about, and things like that. So uh, that's uh, that's really cool. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a ton of fun. And, and also, I hope you uh, I hope you have a lot of fun in Japan, and I hope things get back to normal relatively soon and that you can start teaching and exploring the country and, and going through that experience, which I'm sure is going to, like, it is literally going to change you, dude. Like, 
I mean, I'm sure it already is, you know, to an extent. And uh, it's going to be so interesting to talk with you in like a year or two and however long this ends up actually lasting for you and to see how much uh, the kind of the culture um, shock and like the living in a different culture and immersing yourself in a different culture, how much of that goes for you. And I know you're going to love it considering like your taste in in games and anime and things (laughs) like that. Like, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, absolutely absolutely yeah anyway it is time to end thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play remember you can reach the podcast at readypressplay at gmail.com or simply at readypressplay on twitter i'm on twitter at the dan lima and i'm gonna now be twitch streaming every tuesday at 8 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash dan lima on uh lewis why don't you plug your stuff um my Twitter is at Chakalaka88. My Twitch is also Chakalaka88, as well as all the PSN, Xbox, and all that good stuff. You can just find me there. Um, add me on TikTok just because. Uh, oh, you created that? You're, you're getting yeah. into that bandwagon right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I just, I just like to squat on my name on everything, even if I, plan on, even if I don't plan on using it. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, if, you, if there's a platform, my name is on there. Yeah, you're also writing for uh, LV1Gaming.com right now as well. So go there if you yes. want to check out his uh, his articles. So so far you've only done more like kind of like news type stuff, right? Are you going to be writing anything yeah. different? Like uh, uh, so far, so far the launch of the website is kind of like focusing on on like getting like some some content out there, and mm-hmm. so news pieces are, are easy to put out there. And also as far as like the, one of the like like the internal memos and in the staff is like, hey, we're new and like people don't necessarily care about our opinions, so let's not worry about opinion pieces just yet mm-hmm. and then once we get a reader base going then we can start you know putting out some opinion pieces but i've That's already right. seen that people have uh, put out uh, opinion pieces uh, scheduled later on so like they're written but mm-hmm. they're not published yet so uh, more stuff is going um, the website is growing uh, they got a kick-ass theme song um, and also the the website's got an official podcast and just going to plug them right now. They're called the Double XP Podcast. And they're going to have a, a big YouTuber by the name of Dreamcast Guy be a guest on next week's episode. Go Beans. All right. What about you, Sean? Uh, well, you can find me uh, on PSN or on Twitter uh, at RoyShadow with an underscore. Uh, pretty much anywhere else, especially my Twitch, is just RoyShadow, no underscore. Um, I stream some mornings uh luckily now with the free time i I usually can stream during the weekdays uh morning jst which would be the previous evening for people back in the states or on the western hemisphere um but once things start to kick off uh you know and work and all that stuff normalizes it'll probably be weekends saturdays and sunday mornings which would be friday and saturday evenings for people on the west side all right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for, uh, for coming in again and being part of the show. Uh, and to those of you listening, don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. Today, we're going to be wrapping up with an Uncharted 4 remix uh, by Plasma 3 Music Remixes uh, as done by Pascal Michael Stiefel. Check out the show notes for a link to the full version if you're interested. That's it. We're out. Bye bye.